Are you sure this is the casino? I think I should call my manager. Your manager says for you to shut up! Vera said that? Hmm. Uh, oh! Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. Batmobile lost its wheel and the Joker got away. Hey! Thank you, thank you very much. Oh, I'm sorry, kid. Hey, it's Tordy to the party. He is Bill. I'm Daniel. We fill out pop culture holes with videos, pieces, new winners, first time around. Oh. It's still December, so that means it's still time for Christmas stuff. And Bill picked out a thing that I actually like for a change. That's fun when it comes to Christmas. It's a this Scrooge. This is like the first and last Christmas thing that I picked that you liked. Or at least that you knew that you liked, yeah. That's not to say you've hated everything we've ever talked about, but... I mean, this is no Little Women. It's no Little Women, that's for sure. <laughs> Excuse me, I gotta crack open this can of Tab and pour myself a Tab and mm, vodka tab. to get myself in the mood. Uh, Hell yeah. Oh god, I do have a bunch of Christmas booze I need to drink. We're already at like a third of the way through the month. Um, yeah, we're talking about Scrooged. Uh, this mm -hmm. and... Christmas Vacation are pretty much the last two Christmas movies that I have an interest in seeing that I've never seen before. And this is it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is this is half of my Christmas... Uh, it's, it's, it's eternal Christmas backlog being uh, killed off today, so... Now we can move on to those hundreds and hundreds of Hanukkah movies. I, after this year, I don't know what we're going to do. Because we might just ignore December altogether, because, yeah, I know you're not much of a fan of the holiday, and... I don't know, yeah, I'll have to come up with, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do next year, but... Anyway, yeah, we're talking about Scrooge. Uh, I have no idea why I never really saw this as a kid. I remember seeing the commercials. I remember every commercial made a big meal out of the whole, like, stampling... Stampling? Uh, stapling the, the reindeer horns mm. onto the mouse, and... You know, this is... I, I think part of it was I never, even as a kid, seeing these commercials for this movie on TV... I never bought the idea of Bill Murray being a total outright asshole. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing, even when Groundhog's Day came out, it was kind of the same thing. Even though he's definitely less of an asshole in Groundhog's Day. But, like, Bill Murray's more of a just... He's too much of a sympathetic, wise-ass loser who pulls pranks on people in authority to be the evil asshole uh, in authority. Like, this movie almost feels like there needs to be another Bill Murray in this movie to kind of fuck I, over the actual Bill Murray. Um, I think he, I think he's a complete asshole in this. I don't think there's much sympathy there. That's what I'm saying. That's when he's his best. I think this got me thinking a whole bunch about, like, between this and talking about, what did we talk about last, last week? It was another Christmas uh, Carol shit. Oh, it was, it was, it was the Bob Zemeckis Christmas Carol. Yeah. Uh, between this and that, got me thinking about how everyone... Well, we were like complaining last week about how goddamn fucking many adaptations of a Christmas story there is. And it's like, can't anyone put like a new spin on this story? Or come up with a new Christmas story that does the same thing? And that kind of got me thinking about how like It's a Wonderful Life and Groundhog's Day are kind of... A spin on the same thing where you take a curmudgeon and you have him learn it, maybe if it's not necessarily like holiday centric like Groundhog's Day is not necessarily about the holiday <laughs> you know he's no. not like learning the true meaning of Groundhog's Day but it is yeah. the same thing where he's learning to reconnect with humanity and stop being an asshole and similar thing with It's a Wonderful Life even though they, that gets posited as a Christmas movie that has almost, almost nothing to do with Christmas 
And those are both kind of doing the same thing that a Christmas uh, Carol does, but in a, in their own way where there's like a supernatural intervention so an asshole learns to stop being an asshole. And I I do think I I've man also last weekend too people on Twitter were posting about a Christmas Carol or uh, a Christmas vacation in Scrooge. And that gave me the opportunity to both uh, tell people on Twitter, like, I've never seen either of those movies. And people were like, oh, my God. And one person in particular, I think it was maybe Greg Knight, who I know listens to this podcast sometimes. He was like, mm-hmm. I would love to hear you guys talk about Scrooge sometime, but only if you guys like it. Because I don't think I could deal with you watching that movie and hate it. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess we'll find out. So that's what this mm-hmm. week's episode is. I did hate it. I do no. think it is a first draft of what Groundhog's Day would do better a couple years after this, where Bill Murray's mm. still an asshole, but he's not quite so much of an operatic evil asshole. He's just a schmuck. And the way... In, in this or Groundhog in Day? In Groundhog's Day. Okay. I mean, the whole point, I was going to say, he's way more this, evil than this. The whole point of this movie is it's like, like, let's see how evil we can make Bill Murray, which is to say, not very, because even when he's trying to be evil in this movie, I still don't buy Bill Murray being that evil. Because like I said, he's the Bugs Bunny. He's, that, that his personality type does not fit being the evil man distanced from humanity and in charge and cold and uncaring. Because even though Bill Murray can act like an asshole, he's always a pretty humanistic, sympathetic schmuck. And I think history has borne me out on that, too, because, like, like, even though he can be a weirdo in real life, he's always been kind of, like, going out of his way to hang out with people and do cool stuff. And, yeah, so this movie, it's... So what's your... How did how did you end up seeing this movie? Because you've seen this before, right? Uh, what's your I history think it was, with this? My guess is uh, it was on TV at some point, because I, I'm pretty sure... I mean, I might have at some point, but I'm pretty sure... I've mostly only seen the censored version of it, where made for TV version. <laughs> I was gonna say censored version. What the hell did what happened no, to this the, movie that the, it fucking Carol's Kane's tits fly out or what? No, happened? there's there's there, they do say swear words in it. Do they? I guess they. I guess yeah, there's violence. The the censored lady screams shit at least <laughs> twice. I I didn't realize that's the joke of that. Probably actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, he says he calls people bitches. Uh, he, there's yeah. some nipples. There is, yeah. You get the like, you get one quarter of a pepperoni areoli, <laughs> and that's well, I guess two 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 quarters of two uh, pepperoni yeah. areolis, but. Um, yeah, I wonder if they could show that. Can you get away? I mean, that, that's the whole no, point they did of that not. scene. They, they filmed the, that scene entirely different. You know, she had a full top on. Oh, you know, I forgot the, about that. Because by version. like 1988, they were already doing that thing where they're filming scenes differently so they could have a TV edit. Yeah. Yep. Um, which <laughs> are they still making the same argument? But it's just patently false that you can't even see her tits at all. Because the whole point is because that that's the funny part of that scene is when because most of it's shot from behind, so you can't see what they're talking about. And then they finally do show it from the front, and you do say, "Oh yeah, okay." You can actually see part of her. Anyway, shot though. You were fun. I was so we, asked, yeah, and and yeah. we recorded it off a of TV, and we would watch it. You know, we didn't do Christmas, so we would watch it whatever the <laughs> fuck we wanted. We weren't like, no, it's only for Christmas. Hey, we have to save it for a special day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Carol Kane. <laughs> it's funny because she mentions the Adams family at some point, and then she ends up being the grandma in Adams family. Hey, you stop it with that IMB trivia. I saw that. Bill. I tried to read the trivia last night. That's like the second entry, and I was like, I can't do this because. <laughs> 
I got it covered this week. I got well, the one bit of trivia I pulled from this movie. I actually got it from Wikipedia. <laughs> it totally undoes the moral of this 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 story. But mm. oh my god! But yeah, Scrooge, nineteen eighty eight, directed by. I you know I I I, uh, I knew so little about this movie that even going into it, I was like, oh, okay, it's the score is obviously Danny Elfman because it's all like da 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 what? da da. It is like him parodying himself. This is only I thought like... it was John Williams. <laughs> I thought it was just acapella boys choir. Well, actually, kind of is. Yeah, this is like only like the third movie I think uh, Danny Elfman had written a score for. Um, and it is totally like, yeah, it's like he's a parody of himself, where it's little children going. Yeah, but I, I think it's see, since he had he wasn't full on Danny Elfman yet. I think it's one of his better, more uh, yeah, um, well, subtle scores. He hasn't used up all of his material Danny yet. Elfman. Yeah, yeah, it, it's not so much gnome hop. There's some funny bits, too, where he kind of plays off of, like, the things that are happening on the screen. Like, I can't remember. There's, like, a bit where, like, someone's doing something and he's, like, playing the music. I don't know. I've only saw this once last night, so I already kind of forgot parts parts of this. But, mm. um, but yeah, so that's, that's yeah, so, sort of when, when this movie first came out, I saw the commercials and I was interested. Well, you know, the other thing, too, I didn't realize. That's the other bit of trivia I did manage to read on IMDb before I got a headache and I had to close that one, that tab. <laughs> was yeah. that I guess this was the first movie that Bill Murray did since Ghostbusters, because I, I guess... Uh, Ghostbusters came out in 1984. It was a huge hit, and uh, that came out at the same time Ghostbusters did in 1984. It came out at the same time as a movie called The Razor's Edge, with this, which is supposed to be some kind of like World War One drama. It was the first drama thing that Bill Murray was invested in. He he was in it, and he actually kind of like co-wrote the screenplay. He wasn't just like acting in it, but like. Yeah, I think he was like actually like financially invested in it too. That totally bombed, but Ghostbusters hit it big, and I guess he had a little bit of a panic attack because he was like, "Oh my god, this one thing I actually cared about, no one cared about, but this one movie, Ghostbusters, made bazillion dollars. This is going to be the only movie I'm ever going to be known for for the rest of my life. Why even bother topping myself?" And so I guess he ran off to Paris for four years to kind of hide away and try to figure out what he was going to do next. Although I guess he must have mm -hmm. come back at some point, because he showed up in uh, Little Shop of Horrors in 1986. Uh, which, I guess I guess that's why he says, feed me seed more at the end of the movie, but... Yeah. Anyway. So, but I guess this is... Uh, Scrooge does what? Draw him back to Hollywood, because he liked the idea of doing a Christmas Carol, but funny. And, yeah. Um, yeah, this is directed by... Oh, God, what's his name? He made the Goonies. Richard Donner. Richard Donner. Yeah, he made the Goonies and Lethal Weapon and the first two Superman movies. And it's it's a bummer to hear that I guess I guess they didn't get along because yeah. Bill Murray is just, well, Bill Murray's a weirdo. I could see even people who are reasonable headed not getting along with Bill Murray because he's a goddamn oddball. But everyone, mm. I've never heard anyone ever say anything bad about Richard Donner until reading about Bill Murray's experiences on this movie, and he, I guess he hated working with Richard Donner, because he, it sounds like Bill Murray kind of blames kind of like the loud shrillness of this movie on Richard Donner, because he kept on saying, make everything louder and crazier and wackier all the time, which that's mm -hmm. actually one of my problems with this movie, because I do think Bill Murray's performance in this is so abrasive, and the whole movie is kind I of mean, loud it, and abrasive. I mean, he's supposed to be. I know, but it's still... <sighs> it's, it's a dark comedy. It's not a lighthearted movie. Yeah, and I think, again, not to keep on constantly comparing this to Groundhog's Day, but I think that's one of the things Groundhog Day did better, where it's a little quieter and a little more introspective a little bit. Although I do appreciate, I guess, uh, Bill Murray, when he did sign on to the film, he was like, whatever script they had, he was like, I like the idea of this, but this needs to be changed. We need to have more of a... The the uh the the girlfriend she needs to be more of a thing throughout this movie 
Which is a smart idea, because I think we even joked in the Christmas Carol episode last week about how uh, in every adaptation of A Christmas Carol, um, Scrooge's girlfriend shows up for literally just to show up and say, I thought you loved me once, but now I see you only love money. And then she leaves and you never <laughs> see her again. And this, Karen, oh, you know, that's the other thing, the cast! This movie's yeah. got a fucking crazy cast! Fucking Karen mm -hmm. Allen shows up, who, all I know, she was great in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And she's great in this, she's super cute. I don't know, like, I don't know if she has much chemistry with Bill Murray, but her by herself is super cute. Um, you got, you got Carol Kane, you got Bobo Tom Waits, <laughs> you get, <laughs> you get, uh, Dvokat Goldthwait, so you got all kinds of monster-sounding people in this movie. You got Night of the Hunter shows up in this movie, you got all kinds mm -hmm. of, I mean, I guess we could save that until we're actually talking about the movie, but, um, but, yeah, no, that was kind of the nice thing, because, like, yeah, the movie starts off, and I'm like, oh my god, it's that person, oh my god, it's that person, oh my god, crazy. Santa's it's in this crazy. movie? Santa's in it? Yeah, Alfred Woodard. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone comes running for the hot taste of Alfred Woodard. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so. But okay, I'm glad to see. I, I think you still like this movie more than I do, but I'm glad I finally have seen it. Yeah. And you know, I can't go. It's got Bill Murray in it. It can't be that bad. Although, <laughs> I say that now, we're going to find some B Bill Murray thing someday that's going to make us both want to sh uh, shoot ourselves, but... I mean, he's got plenty of bad shit. Yeah. No, that's the thing. He's done lots... I mean, he's done Garfield movies, for Christ's sakes, because it's not he, like his he, taste is infallible. He did, uh... What the... Uh, uh, meatballs. I, did he that do Meatballs sucks. 4? Because one of those Meatballs movies has, like, an E.T. knockoff on it. In it. And, awesome. Yeah, awesome, wonderful, pan fantastic. So, you know, the movie starts off with... Yeah, this is another thing. Have you ever seen Santa Claus the movie? No. With Dudley Moore. <laughs> This no. movie is a parody. This I don't know if you want to get into the blow by blow already, but that's well, one yeah. of the things that like this movie already started off on the right foot with me because I mm. love Santa Claus. The movie is fucking terrible. It is noxious. Mm -hmm. It's made of pure poop, but I love it because it's got <laughs> it's North Pole shit. I love the design. Well, of everything something like with that. Dudley Moore is pure poop. <laughs> it's got John Lithgow in it. He's great. But the, the, even the design of Santa's castle and everything at the beginning, because the camera swoops down, it says Scrooge to fly through the clouds. You see Santa's village. The the, the Santa's uh, his his little castle house thing is totally looks like it's something from Santa Claus the movie. And for a moment, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's cute. And I was like, oh no, something bad's gonna happen because the whole point of this movie is that it's gonna it's a Mad Magazine parody of things like this. So yeah, it's a bunch of elves and shit. Like at least a bunch of little people got paid for this movie. I, th I, I yeah, it would have been nice if they had done more, if we had gotten to see more ads throughout the I'm movie. I'm kind of surprised, because I thought this, especially when this movie starts, I assumed there'd be more, like, UHF-style parodies. That's one thing this movie could have learned from UHF. Yeah, mm. no, and af af between this and the reveal of what the Scrooge special is supposed to be, well, I guess it's not called Scrooge, it's called Scrooge, not the uh, yeah, no, like, there's, like, surprisingly little parody in this movie after this. But yeah, you start off the thing, it's a bunch of, turns out it's a bunch of, um, terrorists attacking Santa's workshop, and then... Yeah, it's the night the reindeer died. <laughs> and it's, uh, what's-his-face, six million dollar man shows up with a Gatling gun. Lee Majors. I guess it's the same Gatling gun that, uh, fucking, the uh, Jesse Ventura used in Predator, which is, that's a weird... Mm -hmm. How does anyone even keep track of that? How do you even know the <laughs> Yeah. Um, and he saves Santa, and I, I'm sure there's a bunch of witty things that people say that, like, fans of this movie are, like, upset at us for not knowing off by heart, but... Uh, not really in that one. I mean, no. 
Yeah, okay. No, I mean, Mrs. He, Santa says, you were being a very good boy. Oh, that's the whole Whatever. line, yeah. Yeah, it's not really a good. I, I much prefer Rob, Bob Goulet's old-fashioned Cajun Christmas. <laughs> oh, you know what? I gotta write that down, because I have to put take that Simpsons audio put that in there. The, was he said? Vera said that? Um, okay, Bob Goulet. <laughs> Vera. Okay. It's and, funny, because uh, I guess Vera, his agent, was also his wife. Mm, anyway. And also, Father Loves Beaver. Oh, and that's... You know that what? That was a little sweaty. <laughs> that was... I, I, that one was not in the TV yet. that was the caliber of jokes they were going to go for, if their two best jokes were say, uh, the day the, the night the reindeer died in Cajun Christmas, I they probably maybe they dodged a bullet by not having more parodies if it was going to be shit like that, because it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, jeez, okay. I, you like UHF. <laughs> I like UHF. Is, at least UHF <laughs> knows it's terrible. <laughs> This is Does not. It? This is. They spent too much money on this movie to have father. You're right. Loves they Beaver. didn't spend five minutes having somebody walk around looking at signs at the start of the movie. They could have used more of that. And, you know, this is, this is fucking. Also, I, this movie gives me a little bit of hives because this must have been what the Bill Murray did right before Ghostbusters 2. I wonder. Now that I think about it, I know everyone's always wondered why it took so long for them to make Ghostbusters 2. And I guess may I guess you could chalk it up there's because Bill Murray freaked out for four years. <laughs> they were years just waiting for the perfect script and they finally got <laughs> it. When Dan Aykroyd actually shit onto a piece of paper and they decided to film it. <laughs> Ghostbusters 2 is so bad. But like Bill Murray, he looks like Bill Murray in Ghostbusters 2. And that gives me mm-hmm. highs because he's got too much makeup on, he's got long hair. He's just like, nah. There's like a specific era of Bill Murray that like is this, but yeah. Late yeah. late 80s Bill Murray's not good. Anyway. No. I mean, he's good in this movie, but you know what I mean. But, like, yeah. He, yeah, no, he's I not very good in Ghostbusters 2, unfortunately. He's totally checked out in that movie. Um, yeah. So, uh, he's playing Frank Cross in this. is his name. And he wants to see it. It's a, it's a boardroom with all his people in it. He wants to see the Scrooge promo, and it's so Christmassy and, oh, heartwarming. It's going to be live and shit. It's starring Buddy Hack and Jamie Farr. The solid gold dancers. Mary Lou Retton is Tiny Tim. She does backflips. Uh-huh. It's actually her too. It's not like they got is a that, small person. Well, no. Is that uh? Is would that? <laughs> would you be okay with that version of Tiny Tim, Bill? <laughs> that's a better version of Tiny Tim than I've ever <laughs> Played seen. Played by Mary Lou. Well, Retton. that that's right. Because last week I was talking about how if you ever want to do a good Tiny Tim, you make it a dog. So at least it's something that mm-hmm. some people could unilaterally be uh be sympathetic towards. Mary Lou Retton's better than <laughs> it's better than fucking uh serious black and emotion capture outfit pretending he's a two year old like hey I like Tiny Tim <laughs> yeah. yeah um. Yeah, oh yeah, so no. that's pretty good. I like fucking the. It's funny that this movie is old enough. I thought Buddy Hackett died in like 1982. How is he in no. this movie? Jamie Farr is still going. alive. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, and speaking of people who should be dead, uh, yeah, I got Bobcat Goldthwait, and you actually have it's Bob's Zeme- as Bob Zemeckis's wife, uh, as the blonde lady as the corporate presentation. Mm. She, um, oh god, Mary Elizabeth Trainer, I think her name was. I, it's funny because I only get for, uh, she showed up in a ton of 80s movies but she doesn't get a lot of uh, respect Mary, from a lot Mary of people. Ellen Trainer. Is that what it is? She was the mom yeah. in the Goonies. Uh, mm-hmm. She was in Back to the Future 1. She was the news reporter on the TV reporting that the plutonium got stolen and she plays the cop who uh, finds um, well I guess there's two cops <laughs> in Back to the Future 2. She finds what's her face? She's knocked out in the alley. <laughs> I'm just saying, I guess she was Bill, only the one you, It took you meeting me three times before you realized you had met me. 
How do you know that she's That's like the fucking I'm... news reporter on? And she's not even credited talking in that about movie. Plutonium. That's what I'm saying. And it's <laughs> funny because well, she, she's a link back to Bob Zemeckis. She because she was married to Bob Zemeckis until she realized what the terrible movies he was making with CG and she divorced him. I hope she <laughs> I hope that was specifically the irreconcilable differences in court. <laughs> she, she saw she saw Polar Express and said, "Ew, Bob, I'm out." Yeah, and then when he made the uh, the Christmas Carol, that was it. Like the judge was like, "You know what? Fine, she gets the house, she gets the children, she gets everything." <laughs> Bob Zemeckis, you fucked up. Anyway, but yeah, then you got Bobcat Goldthwait, which I was horrified for a moment because I was like. He's not acting like Bobcat Goldthwait. And I was like, oh my god, is this movie going to waste Bobcat Goldthwait? I'm glad it doesn't. I should have yeah. known they cast him for a reason. Buddy Hackett lived until 2003, by the way. What? Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> what? He lived? <laughs> wow. <laughs> did he Did he have the Philosopher's Stone? Because <laughs> he wasn't like, wasn't he like in a Mad Mad World and shit like that? He was yeah. old in like 1955. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, okay. Yeah. Man, fucking dig yeah. up his body and steal some of that vampire blood. You add an extra 50 years to your life. God, anyway. Hey, uh, <laughs> did did, did he die of natural causes or did he get killed by a vampire hunter? Yeah, I think it was that one. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, he, Cross hates the, their the sappy. Oh, because it is all like, it weren't yeah. heartwarming, tune in tonight, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm hmm. People shouldn't just want to watch the show, they should be scared they'll miss it. So he'll show him how to do it. And then it's his screwed his promo. Acid rain. Drug addiction. <laughs> International terrorism. Freeway killers. Now more than ever, it is important to remember the true meaning of Christmas. Scrooge, your life just might depend on it. Can you tell this movie takes place in 1988? <laughs> hey, remember when acid rain was a huge worry? There's specific things, like, there's, like... Free Africa, free South Africa signs. He mentioned mm -hmm. something about part of the special is going to be filmed in West Berlin. Yeah. And yeah, that's one of the weirder things about the special. It's not just, even though the rest of the movie kind of ignores what he's saying here, but like the special is supposed to be being broadcast simultaneously, like live from both yeah. New York, like LA, Afghanistan, yeah, South Africa, uh, mm -hmm. West Berlin, all these different places, and so yeah, he's extra and antsy to make sure as many people tune in for this thing because they're spending so much time and money on this goddamn thing. Yeah, yeah, yep. And Bobcat Goldthwait's the only one willing to give him negative feedback, and for his troubles, he gets fired on Christmas Eve and dumped out of the building. Literally, yeah. Like the guy, like yep. there's a cop who comes out, and, like drops off his box of shit. And everything, I think those yeah. are security guards. Or something, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? I imagine this whole. The fucking Gremlins 2 is taking place in the floors in the skyscraper below this, too. Because this movie feels like it's filmed on, like, the same day. Because everyone's got the same... Like, even the inside of the skyscraper sets look, like, kind of the same and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, later, uh, Frank Cross dictates who in his life is getting a bath towel and a VCR to his secretary, Grace. That's Alfred <sighs> Woodard, yeah. Yeah, he shows, uh... <laughs> you lost your place I... there? Yeah, I, I lost my place there for a second. His own brother gets a bath towel because yeah. he's a dangled bear. Speaking of brothers, he's like he, there's like three Murray brothers in this yeah. movie. Brian Doyle, like mm -hmm. I think another one of the people on the, the 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 board that he's talking to at the beginning is one of his brothers. Yeah, they're all mm -hmm. over the place. Yeah, and his brother's his brother. Oh yeah, that's Ooh. right. Yeah. Robert Mitchin is Preston Rhinelander. It took me a while I'm to just... recognize because I knew he seemed familiar, and I had to look at him. And was like, oh, it's yeah, fucking Night of the Hunter. 
It's like he got old or something. <laughs> well, you know, but still, he has the gravitas that he's not funny in this movie. He's good for being no. the boss, but yeah. it's not like he's playing along with everyone else really well or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's Cross's boss, I guess, and he shows up. Uh, as Grace puts her down for he puts Grace down for a bath towel too, because that's her Christmas bonus. Oh yeah, that or a washcloth. Cat, hey, cats and dogs are starting to watch TV nowadays. So and in 20 years, tangent. they could be regular viewers. So maybe not a whole show for animals, but you know, you know how Kojak has an Olipop? What if there was a cop whose thing was he dangles a, a string in front of the screen? That's Robert And did quick Mi jerky movements. <laughs> is Robert Mitchum the one suggesting that too? Yeah. Then, which that's actually kind of funny. Because that is kind of, I love the idea of a cop randomly running around just teasing string at the audience. Which, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't realize that's that joke gets, gets paid off at the end because that's the whole reason for the existence of the mice. Which that mm -hmm. turns into the biggest joke that ever came out of this movie was, like I said, with the antlers later on. But yeah. Yeah. Oh. And after Robert Mitchum leaves in an elevator, Frank Cross says, if only he could fire that poor son of a bitch. Then he runs into John Glover as Bryce Cummings. That's Slimeball. I was literally writing a note. That was when I was writing, like, oh my god, this movie feels like it's taking place on the same day in the same building as Gremlins 2 when fucking Daniel Clamp mm -hmm. shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, oh well, maybe Daniel Clamp's trying to escape from the rest of Clamp headquarters. And he's basically playing Clamp. Uh, you know what? I don't know if that guy aside from he because we joked he showed up in uh Batman Forever, but I don't think he's capable of playing anyone but like just him. Like he's always well, just so he, much that guy. He's. He, I guess he played a lot of villains. I guess. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I. I mean, we did talk about Gremlins too, about how he was supposed to be a villain in Gremlins too, but he was the the character actor was so kind of like vivacious and kind of like fun. They decided to turn him into kind of like a lighthearted, like almost like evil foil, but not like like well meaningly evil, like affably evil. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. He went to school with Mitchum's kids, so he says hello to Frank. Oh, that's what it is. And Bill and Murray says, uh, does he immediately cotton on to the fact that this guy's here to potentially replace him? Maybe, but he gets sidetracked when Grace says she has to leave for her son's doctor's appointment. Oh, yeah. He doesn't want her to because if she, if he can't, when he works late, she works late. And if she doesn't work late, uh, he works late. And if that he, that, he can't work late, he can't work late. So... Uh, his brother's waiting in his office, and I never noticed the signage on his walls. That is a, uh, a dictionary definition. It says cross, a thing they nail people to. Uh, of course, yeah. It's a calliope. And him and his brother go walking around downtown. Especially fucked Paul up. Paul Schaefer. Well, Paul Schaefer. is a starving musician. Do you see right. who else he's playing with? Yeah. Fucking Miles Davis. Yeah. What the hell happened musicians. to that hat? Like... <laughs> <laughs> they're starving i had to pause it i'm like paul schaefer just be well a saturday live connection of course but then i was like is that really miles fucking davis i had to look it up and that's what led me to the imdb trivia page and that's what i was like mm. i had to i had to form a cross with my fingers and say away foul beast <laughs> no more of you yeah <clears throat> yeah and uh later somehow frank cross gets a humanitarian of the year award just randomly it's not even part of the plot he just teleports to a humanitarian award presentation yeah yeah bobcat goldfoy's bad day keeps going as he's booze is broken as he's splashed by a puddle by a cab going through <laughs> I it love and... his yeah, the, the, the paper bag that he's got his booze in gets wet so quickly the bottle falls right out of the bottom instantaneously that was fucking great He's mm -hmm. not, it's just a random cab, right? It's not, it's, yeah. it's... No. Um, it might have been another one for Cross is in. 
Uh, it's unintentional. Oh, that's right, because fucking Bob, Bob Cross. Frank Cross, he steals the old lady's... This was one of the most evil things he does. He steals an old lady's taxi to get to the humanitarian awards and just gives her the finger. She's like, mm-hmm. well, that was my cab. And he's like, fuck you. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Cross did not treasure the award. He left it in the chaos. They could have done something. I'm kind of surprised they didn't have a well, scene where he just don't... flings it into a river. Because that's, I mean, that's passive aggressively. I, I, like, yeah. I also. I, that's more a, realistic. He's he's kind of a narcissist. So, I would figure you'd hang on to something like that if you're a narcissist. And be like, look, everybody thinks I'm great. It is funny because like, they even make a point of later that he's got this whole display shelf of awards. Granted, they're mostly big stuff like Emmys and things like that. But you think he would have held on to that just as, yeah, just, just to. The, Lead himself essentially, but no, yeah, but yeah, he's yeah. coming back to the to 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 <sighs> IBC headquarters, I guess. Mm-hmm. Goes to his office. Isn't that the thing where your bowels have problems? IBC or irritable bowels? No, IBS. That's IBS, what the syndrome, yeah. not not corporation. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. A quick scene of Grace going getting home from the doctor with her son Calvin. He doesn't talk. Yeah, they're getting off yeah. like uh, it's like the Warriors uh, train platform. And he, not only does <laughs> he not... Yeah, that's the only thing that, that, that those... those that's kind of... She from. looks like she's walking to the Warriors neighborhood because it looks like they're going to suddenly pan over that lady with, like, fucking no bra and her tits poking through her shirt are going to be standing there. But, yeah, it's funny because, like, they make a point out of the fact that her son doesn't talk, but he also doesn't seem to walk because she's, like, carrying him around, which is also kind of funny, but yeah. Yeah. In his office, he gets a knock on the door. No one's there. The office is empty. He, so he locks his door, but then shit starts rattling and rumbling and fists oh, start this is, popping into the door. It's rare that I make note of mistakes like this, but it's obviously Uh-oh. that his door is metal. When mm-hmm. it seems like there's, I almost wonder if there's like they changed the scene. But then it explodes and it's wood. It splinters oh, into wood, and it's man. pretty. It's not like they were hiding the fact that it's wood. They make a meal out of the fact that it explodes and into wooden splinters. But I thought printed to IMDb goofs. <laughs> I know. Started just that is one of the few things that I actually even noticed on my first try. I was like, oh wait, okay. Wow, you're so cool, Bill. I feel smart. So I feel no good about myself. Door explodes and and then there's a dead man in a golf outfit standing there. Yeah, I like the makeup job on this dude. Yeah, it is it's it's a good rotting corpse makeup, like the fact that you can see this chin bone through his chin yeah. and everything. He's got all the cobwebs. His eyeballs and are all gross and dried out. I thought it was actually kind of clever that they put the sunglasses on him because I was like, well, then you can you don't have to worry about making up his eyes too much. But then they go, they make a meal out of the fact that he takes off his glide glasses and they actually spends most of the scene without him. And so they did the thing where like almost like put like black crepe paper over his actual eyeballs and then made it up to kind of look like they're kind of rotted away. I don't know, kind of weird. But yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, so he is obviously the film's Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, Although he who was actually Bill Murray's boss uh, seven yeah, years he earlier. Fix, yeah, fixes himself a drink as Cross shoots him in the back. It has no effect, shockingly. A mouse pushes a, a uh, golf ball out of his head and then crawls back inside. Some cute, yeah, little monster effects here, yeah. Lou Hayward, his old Boston best friend, been dead seven years. He tells Frank he's in big trouble. He's going to end up just like that. And there he was on the green, having the best game of his life. And then he had a heart attack, and now he's a worm. That's how Bill Bing Crosby died, supposedly. Uh, his, his Bing Crosby's last words were supposedly, "Hey, fellas, let's get a coke. It's on me." He was in the middle mm. of a golf game, and he just dropped dead right down on the green. 
Man, I don't know man, why this only got me thinking about that. I think when I was looking up IMDb trivia about White Christmas last year, I think that stuck good in my riddance, head. I guess. Anyway, he's a monster of a man. That's so. true. Yeah, it's exactly. It's more of a monster it than Lou Abe or whatever. His was. first act of kindness killed him. <laughs> Offered at least he didn't beat somebody with a frozen can of coke. Yeah. <laughs> Christ yeah. Almighty. So um. So yeah, uh, Frank Edward shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, Frank says he's um, he's not a worm feast. He's a hallucination brought on by vodka, poisoned by Chernobyl. I do whatever. like how they're taking like little bits from the Scrooge story and and paying homage to it by like instead of saying you're a blot of mustard or a crumb of cheese, it's oh you're just the booze talking. Yeah. yeah. And he tells uh, the dead man tells Frank it's his last chance. He'll be visited by visited by three ghosts. Frank doesn't think he can fit all that in and tries to blow him off yeah. and everything. And his mic's my odd, so he picks him up by his throat, takes him to the window, where he magically just kind of schloops through the glass. That's a cool effect, yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's especially for the eighties. Yeah. Takes him outside, hangs him out overlooking the city, and it's 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 done well. It's done kind well. of nightmarish because you got the guy with his dead eyes, and he's got mm. this like arm that's falling apart as like Bill Murray's like beating his arm to get him to let him go. Which of course that means he ends up dropping him. And yeah. I do like the effect of like the guy's it is, it like is... musty stump of his arm sticking out of the window is kind of cool. It, I mean, it's, yeah, and, it's very Goonies esque, which makes sense. It's also not a uh, a badly done fall with Bill Murray falling down to the pavement like so many eighties things. Yeah, it's happen. better than RoboCop two or no, RoboCop <laughs> well, one, but yeah, it's not quite. Oh, speaking of what, the highest bar. Uh, it's it's not as good as the other Christmas movie from nineteen eighty eight. Uh, that takes place mostly in a high-rise starring an ex-TV comedy star, Die Hard, which is practically mm. the same movie as this. Practically. It's, yeah, not not quite as good as the fall Alan Rickman does at the end of that movie, but what are you going to tell? Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, no, Bill so, Murray wakes up and he can't, like, yeah. <laughs> yep, he, he, he wakes he, up falling. Yeah. And uh, Unseen Hand dials a number, and it's it's some lady's Clara's voice message, and he leaves a freaked out voice message saying something awful happened, but maybe it didn't because his office is fine, his door's intact. Have, did they in the movie later establish how long it's been since he's talked to Claire? Uh, he said it's been, he looks at his watch and he says, uh, 15 years? Has it been okay? Because like I was a little thrown off by the fact that he still got her number in his in his phone system. So I don't know if we would. Okay, because well, makes the ghost sense. dialed it. Oh, well, okay, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, Elf, Dan, oh, and also while he was hanging out the window, Danny Elfman music was all over the place, and uh, he takes a swig of booze from a glass, and then a golf ball pops out of his mouth, and he faints. Is that the Maybe thing where the really eye, but there was an eyeball in the drink? No. Oh, that's, no, that's later. Okay, that's at the at yeah. the. This is the golf sweater. ball that might have fallen out of uh, Lou's uh, head. Oh, that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what you get for only having watched this movie once last night. Yep. So, um, Grace's family doesn't have much money. And so, and then her scene with her family. They just showing so her family her, like they're working class. Her kids. Her kids use Calvin as a tree. <laughs> they line him up, and that kid makes this face. I'm watching it now. <laughs> that kid does not look happy. But, like, in no. the most, like, he's obviously just acting. It looks like he's about to laugh because he's, like, make yeah. a face, but yeah. it's cute, yeah. Yep. And then the next day, Frank is presented with a paper that says that IBC killed an old woman. 
And his oh, arrow was so yeah. scary, it scared her to death. She just keeled over, and he thinks it's fantastic. You can't buy publicity like that. I mean, he that's the best that way to play run that every off. hour, every hour on the hour with a warning in front of people with heart conditions and gotta leave the room. Do you see what they did with that Peloton ad? You heard about the whole Odyssey of the Peloton ad yeah, thing, and they turned turned into like kinda. Ryan Reynolds, like she's drinking booze now and shit like that. It's just yeah. always interesting to see what people will do with marketing, how crass they can be. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> so uh, he has to go to the set after getting that news, and where the censor's telling him that the solid gold dancer isn't going to work with the show <laughs> because uh, you can see her nipples. Oh, is that the scene? Says, okay, yeah. Yeah, the stage head says, you, you, can, you can barely see them nipples. <laughs> and they are really looking. Yeah, it's a pretty, yeah. It's just how you doing. I guess this is the actual it? Solid Gold dancers, because I guess Solid Gold had just been cancelled like two months earlier than this. So this mm -hmm. is like the last time those dancers were ever seen together like this, so yeah. Yeah. That, well, imagine being the lady your claim to fame is the nipple Solid Gold dancer from Scrooge. <laughs> That's a hell of a thing to have on your resume. Yeah. I love it, especially this being a Christmas film. She's probably got grandkids now, and those grandkids are like, Grandma! Grandma's nipples are in this movie, but we, our parents haven't Grandma said this she yet. was in Scrooge. Let's watch it. Oh, no! <laughs> Other than everything else about this film not being particularly kid-friendly, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, um... So then the sensor gets clonked on the head by a swinging lamppost. And the most, like, hackneyed fucking down. Three Stooges gag ever, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, then Frank gets called Lumpy, and it's it's Karen Allen as Claire Phillips. Yay! And, and she comes up and is like, boy, you look different, and he's like, did you get more teeth? <laughs> she's a toothy lady. Uh -huh. <laughs> she, she's carnivorous, it's okay, she uses mm -hmm. those teeth, and they're not just for show. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't say it was a bad thing. But she says something about how his hair is shorter, which I was like, oh god, his hair gets longer in this movie? And that's exactly what happens, we get to see him in the past, I'm like, ah! All right, I've mm -hmm. already said I'm not down with Bill Murray with longer hair, and you get a lot more of that in this movie. But yeah, Karen Allen being super fucking, super smiley and radiant. She's fucking great mm -hmm. in this movie. Yeah. After hellos, he makes the sensor watch the dancers, because you can't see no nipples, it's fine. Yeah. And it's back to Claire, who asks him if, uh, uh, if he's alright, because it sounded like he's seen a ghost, and he's like, oh, on the phone call, yeah, I'm fine. I was about to ask Let's why she's somebody. there, and I forgot that the ghost called her the night before just to get her involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's, been, like, it's weird that they haven't seen each other for 15 years, but I guess they're working, like, within just a couple blocks away from each other in New York City, but, yeah. Yeah. Some old man comes up, says they got a problem. Crazy glue isn't keeping the antlers on the mice. So Frank says to try staples. Claire's appalled and is like, oh, I'll call the Humane Society if you do that. And he's like, mm, same old Claire trying to save the world. And uh, right after he said to staple uh, something to a mouse's head, she's like, mm, still trying to run it. And then, I, I, uh, and then he starts yelling to get out of here, you little worm. And he manhandles Grace's son, who's on the set. Oh He's yeah, a real dick to him. It's... Grace has to swoop in and take him away and be like, "I thought it'd be fun for him to see a live thing." And he's like, "You see anybody here having fun?" And then Claire comes over and huff and is like, "Why are you so mad?" And he's like, "Why didn't you ever learn to button a coat?" And I don't. I, that's one thing in this movie that doesn't work for me. He's a complete 
shitbag in front of this lady so many times, but then he's like, turf, 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 turf. That's what I'm and saying. She's like, it gets... she's like, oh, well, now I guess I'll Gee, forgive you Willikers, for that. you're a great guy after horrible all, yeah. thing you just said. And, and like I said, that doesn't play to Bill Murray's strengths. I think that's, the movie makes him too much of an asshole. If they, And like, that's what I'm I, saying. I don't think, well, I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is that she, there's no repercussions for, like, Claire should be like, you know what? If you're gonna be like this, I'll, I'll just go. Thanks. I but. think th- this is. I will. Well, I'm gonna talk more about this at the end of the movie. But I think uh, the fact that Bill Murray had Claire's role beefed up in the movie, but the rest of the script wasn't changed to accentuate the fact that her role was beefed up. Because you can get away with her suddenly being all like. Oh, boo, boo, boo. I guess you're a great guy after all. If she's not there that much, and if she isn't here to witness Bill Murray being this much of an asshole for so much of the movie, but by yeah. the fact that they expanded her role, it makes it even more hard to believe that she would just, like, be all charmed and taken in by him at the end. Even though, like, he does at the end kind of have a nervous breakdown, suddenly happy and everything like that. You think she would... St- yeah, d- 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 the math doesn't quite work out there emotionally, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I appreciate they do invest so much time in this movie into their relationship, but yeah, yeah. But the rest of the yep. yes, the story just wasn't uh, <clears throat> backed up or built up or uh-huh, to uh-huh, uh-huh. justify it. I had some soda. I was sleepy. I had to oh, wake up. Who are you talking to? <laughs> who makes burping crazy sounds on this podcast? Yeah. Anyway, so they they, they talk. Hammering happens. He yells at them to hold a damn hammering. She says. Whatever happened the night before, if it happens again, get a hold of her operation reach out. She's hardly ever home. He screams at people to stop hammering. Claire ducks away. He gets a phone call from the Times asking for a statement about the dead old lady. He's like, I don't know, somebody slapped her in the face. It was probably something she ate. So she, Grace repeats that, and he's like, oh. And it talks about how sad they are about it. This may be the least uh, good that Frank is in the whole movie. This is, I mean, this is right before he gets whisked away by the bat. Well, not right before, but, like, we're seeing Bill Murray at the apex of his assholeness in, in this part of the movie, which is, like, the least interesting movie to, uh, part of the movie for me, just because it is so, like, muhaha. Yeah. He screams to hold the damn hammering again, and everything falls apart. And then he goes and has uh, lunch with the Knight of the Hunter, and who pulls out his old gold utensils. Which from that's his, a pretty good power move. Polishes them. Yeah, that was, and he, Bill which, Murray seems to be pretty impressed by that. Yeah, he's just got to polish the silverware of the the actual restaurant. Yeah. What? Yeah. If you could, if you could. Take one thing with you to every restaurant you would go to, Bill. What would you take? A gun that you that you feel like you need. Like, the, like as I, far as like to enhance the eating situation. Mm-hmm. Um, like I might take like a chipotle hot sauce with me. That would be. Oh man, I never really thought about that before. There's not like one thing that I would like. Because most places will like have ketchup or whatever you need, but every now and then you're like, man, I wish they had this thing that I have at home. I would bring bring a manservant who keeps a uh, portable refrigerator that stores a cold chilled thing of uh, Hidden Valley Ranch dip that I could use with any meal because I love that stuff and mm-hmm. that's something you can't guarantee is going to be at any restaurant uh, which yeah, is funny because pref- I hit- like I w- all of the ranches are no go for you. No, you know what? Like other, I mean, I'm fine with ranch sauce and any kind of particular thing, but like in Valley Ranch, you make that with actual sour cream. That's like that's the tip top, uh, mm-hmm. which, which is funny because I only eat that with potato chips. Because that that means like the guy would also have to bring a bag of potato chips, and I would just eat the chips and the ranch dip instead of the meal I'm paying to eat at the restaurant. But that might still be better <laughs> than some actual meals. Uh, that's a good question. Like I'm trying to think. 
Man, if actually like I uh, some uh, steak seasoning, because steak seasoning is something you can dash on 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 multiple things. It doesn't have to be steak. That can be pretty good. I'm trying to yeah. think like actually just a big good steak knife would actually be not like good mm. home steak mm-hmm. knife. Like, because I've <laughs> stolen some of those from some restaurants, and that's always so. That's whenever I get lured into going to a super expensive steakhouse, I almost mm. always end up stealing a steak knife to help defray the cost of me having to go there. Because yeah, there's been a couple times in my life where like I've had uh, friends have birthday parties or something at a steakhouse, and I'm like, I'm gonna spend fifty dollars on a steak or whatever the hell. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get my at least ten bucks of this back by stealing a really good steak knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be thinking about that for a couple days now. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Like, yeah, no, I know what kind of gift to get you. I'll just go to random steakhouses and steal all <laughs> That's yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So well, okay. So anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> that's all to say he's got his own utensils. So uh, he's worried Frank is spreading himself too thin. So he got him some help, and it's Clamp come to save the day. And then the clock started chiming twelve, and he's reminded that the dead man said the first ghost would show up oh, at yeah. noon the next day. And Frank screams at him, "Ah!" But they just all stare at him because he's crazy. And then the highball that he ordered is brought to him, and there's an eyeball flo- it's sunk in it. And I was gonna say floating in it, but it's not floating. Eyeball. Nobody eyeball. else sees yeah. it. Yep. He screams a lot. Does his Bill Murray scream? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he slimed me. Yeah. Yep. Knight of the Hunter tells Frank not to come apart on him. And Frank tries to order, but uh, he sees a waiter on fire that nobody else does, and Danny Elfman says, La 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 la. <laughs> it's actually him on the soundtrack, too. It's not even, the, it's not even <laughs> an orchestra or anything like that, a choir. Yep. So he gets up to leave, and as he's leaving, throws a bunch of water from like a wine bucket on the guy and says, I'm sorry. I thought you were Richard Pryor. Which I didn't get at first by realizing that's a Richard Pryor on fire from freebasing joke. Which yeah, that's pretty cruel. Very timely. That's a cruel joke I to mean, tell about another comedian. Made, like It made me laugh, but you know, it's, <laughs> Jesus it's, Christ. Not, anybody who doesn't know that would just be like, what? what? The hell? Was he black? Like, I don't get, like, that's a racial thing. And then, yeah. actually, man, Bill Murray gets his uh, fucking Cosmic Cup puppets because he does this fall because he throws the water on the guy, makes the R- Richard Pryor joke, and then a- in a panic, kind of, like, tries to walk out but like tr- while keeping mm-hmm. his cool. But he obviously slips and falls for real. And then yeah, he kind of, like, it's turns... it's a good-ass Yeah, fall. and he, like, I'm kind of surprised he didn't fuck up his ankle. And then he turns into a pratfall where he kind of slips again when he steps up into the in- into the doorway on the way out. But <laughs> it's just, like, that first fall. Because he had just... It's like a marble floor in this restaurant. And he had just thrown ice-cold mm-hmm water on the guy so of course it's gonna be slippery but yeah uh, well yeah pretty good yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a good pratfall yeah it's really good yeah and uh so he goes outside gets a taxi and uh gets in a taxi money and he starts driving like crazy oh no and he he tells frank he says relax frank he said how you know his name and he says i know everything about you you see i'm the ghost <laughs> This guy sounds exactly like that. I boss. I'm the ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Bobo Baby Tom Waits. It's Buster Poindexter. <laughs> I didn't realize. I guess they gave him makeup to kind of give him devil ears a little bit. I'm watching it yeah, now. He's and... got kind of elfy ears. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's probably what it is. More than del- elf ears and yeah, <laughs> devil ears. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Well, probably. I mean, built. fucking death shows up at the end of this, so it's not crazy that he would have devil. But yeah. I mean, they also gave him plastic ears so he could do his, like, smoking out of his ears gag, like, two seconds later. Yeah, it's forgettable. I can't remember why. I think, I think, 
He just smokes and his smoke. Oh, comes that's out. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he steals a bottle of booze because like Elliot Bobcat Goldthwait is he's just I guess he it took him twelve hours, but he got enough money to both burp. I think he's been he's he's, he's been drinking this entire have time. We, have we have we seen the thing where ball. he like had to go to a blood donor place to get money to get booze? Not yet. Okay, no. but like yeah, no. uh, he his booze got fucked up last night. Now it's the next morning. He just bought another bottle of booze, but then fucking Buster Poindexter steals it out of his hand. And then mm -hmm. uh, the the taxi cab back to the future is back to 1955. Yep, they go back to 1955 where Cross says, I get it. I'm supposed to see my father and mother and get all emotional. Forget it, you got the wrong guy. And that's just what it does to Hunset. But when he saw his mother, Niagara Falls. <laughs> Sound like so the mom from like... Bob's Burgers. It's great. <laughs> Uh, what? No, I th I sound more like uh, Doctor Girlfriend, which is pretty much the same. There's a one whole gravelly voice. Nah, she's know. way more like. No, she's nasally. What are you talking well, about? Really? Doctor Girlfriend from Bob's Burgers. Oh, that's true. No, that's yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You know, laugh, 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 laugh. More like <laughs> but that. no, but the same accent that's though. That's what I'm talking about though. They could have been. Yeah, they could have okay. been raised in the same neighborhood. She's just nasally with the walls. Doctor Girlfriend's like, hey, what are you doing about? Yeah. Gotcha. Actually, <laughs> well, if, mm. if, if the guy who voices, if the creator, uh, Jackson Public, ever dies, they could just get Buster Poindexter to voice her, and he wouldn't have to even put on a voice. Yeah. Well, anyway. So they go inside where his mother's pregnant and smoking, and he's watching TV as a little kid. Little four-year-old baby. Then his dad gets home, and it's his brother, and he gives him a present. <laughs> Which is kind of weird, because you know it's his brother, so it's actually kind of like, yeah. well, I'm glad to see the whole Murray family got paychecks from this movie. Throws down just a big bag in front of him. He's like, is it a choo-choo? It's no, it's not a choo-choo. It's five pounds of veal. And he wanted, if he wants a choo-choo, he could go out and buy one, get a job and buy one. His dad says the sooner that he learns that life isn't given to you on a silver platter, the better. Then he passes out on the couch. His mother goes upstairs saying, Merry Christmas, Frankie Angel. And smooches at him. And it makes Cross very weepy. It gets really Bill Murray is <laughs> Bill Murray's not good at fake crying. No, that's the thing. I thought it was going to be a joke, but then I guess it is real, because then the fucking Buster Poindexter starts making fun of him for crying. Because, like, mm -hmm. Buster Poindexter started the scene by saying, hey, I do this all the time, and Bill Murray's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure they always cry. They're what a bunch of assholes. And then he starts crying. I thought he was going to be making fun, but no, I guess he... That's the other thing I don't care much for this movie Niagara about. the emotional. Falls, Frankie Angel. Yeah, the emotional leaps this movie makes are so quick... Because, like, they spend so much time on the jokes, but the emotional components, like, kind of, like, are just kind of brushed over, and, like, I don't buy Welcome to every movie adaptation, I know, but even this, when you got Bill Murray, if they just take an extra beat or two to kind of, like, the, the, there's a version of the scene they could have done better that would have felt, like, more, like, emotionally resonant. But, like, as it is, mm. like, I was generally surprised to find out, oh, no, that's actually him supposed to be real crying, because it looks like he's pretend crying. Because I don't think he's invested <laughs> in the scene at all, because I guess he had a horrible time on this movie, so he's, he's kind of checked out, but, yeah. Well, you can't blame the movie for that. That's him not putting in the work or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe well, he that... just hadn't had to cry in a movie before. But so does, he, he doesn't like. Yeah, it doesn't look like he's sad as much as he's trying to hold in a massive fart that's burning his ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he claims it was just because he was touched by a gift. The man. That's gets what a, it was. Yeah. A package. You know, it's funny, in today's market. Because they obviously shot that inside on a set. When they come out, he's actually still crying, and he actually looks like he actually is more crying when they walk out when they're filming on location. So I wonder yeah. if he just had a bad day acting on set. Maybe. Yeah. The ghost says he wasted the next 15 years of his life sitting in front of that TV, and he's like, check the record. I did things. I played baseball one year and hit the home run that won the game, the big game. And he says, that was the kid on the courtship of Eddie's father. 
I don't think I've seen a single second of courtship. That's one of those TV Slaughter. shows I have to take on faith Does that, that actually exist? exists. Yeah, because you hear about it, but I've never. I've seen a thousand reruns of a thousand TV shows in my lifetime, and I've never. Yeah, yeah. I've seen more episodes of Little uh, Little House on the Prairie, which is the, ne- the next joke, than I have uh, mm-hmm. Courtship of Eddie's Father. Yeah, I, 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 those, all those books got read in our house. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, so this is the scene where you find out that, like, uh, Frank Cross, he's never really had an inner life. He kind of grew up just, like, watching TV, and he's, he's, he's just, like, adopted all those stories as his own personal memories and stuff like that, and he kind of showed just... Kind of see just how shallow of a human being this poor son of a bitch is. He was essentially raised by TV, which makes him perfect for his job, I guess. And -hmm. becomes a thing a little bit later in the Ghost of Christmas present parts, but yeah. Yep, so, uh, what's next? Um, Uh, Christmas party at NBC headquarters. They travel, yep, 1968, they go to an office party where, in his office, where a girl is photocopying her ass, as Frank is just working still. It's kind of funny to think this is... A turtleneck. After watching so much Mad Men, knowing this is essentially the same time and place that Mad Men takes place in, this is like the UHF cheap knockoff version of that, because it's obviously, it's still more 1988 than it is 1968, but... And Bill Murray's got, like, a terrible wig on... Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, where do you find? Do you have to like get a wig and cut it so it's got like a receding hairline like Bill Murray's? Like, how do you do that? I'd hate <laughs> to be a hairstylist on a Bill Murray movie. Yeah. yeah. So that that girl who was photocopying her ass asked him if he wants to get some Chinese food, and he tells her you shouldn't eat that stuff. It's made of cats or whatever. Yeah. And he the real the, the current day Frank is very mad about that because he wanted he should have banged her, but he didn't. But then he gets the memory of meeting Claire because he left the party to go do whatever. Oh, is that right they, after he's leaving the party? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yep. They whack they whack on the head uh, with door oh, that she was opening. Oh, lumpy thing. And yeah. she says it's going to make quite a lump. And when they pick their stuff up from the ground, they bonk heads together because they bend over at the same time. And that's where Lumpy came from. And I always thought it was because of his face, but what do I know? Yeah, the fact that this is one of the weird things. I, I always, sometimes I wonder if Bill Murray's like the milkman's kid because, like, all of his brothers show up in so much of his stuff and none of them have, like, the weird lumpy orange peel face that Bill Murray has. <laughs> And I'm like, something genetically there. I mean, also, I guess Bill Murray is only the, the only funny kid that family ever had, too. So maybe it is the Milkman's kid kind of situation. But, yeah. yeah. I shouldn't say that, because this one brother was in be- in One Crazy Summer. And I love that movie. But mm. So, um, eventually, she asks him if he wants to get Chinese food. and uh, He doesn't have a racist Chinese comeback food. for that well, he one. He asks her. He asks her. I don't remember. Yeah. But then it's 1969. Nice. Hope y'all wanna will be right right back. Hope y'all wanna will be right right back. Hope y'all wanna will be right right back. We're coming right back after these messages. We're coming right back after these messages. Seven o'clock. Psycho sees Santa's workshop, and only Lee Majors can stop them. In the night, the reindeer die. Be here. You can't show that commercial. That thing looked like the, the Manson family Christmas special. Think I'm way off base? Yes, you're, well, you're a tad off base, sir. Frank Cross is more than the youngest network president in television history. Call security. Have them change his locks to toss him out of the building. Oh, he's fired? It's Christmas. Thank you. Call the county. Stop his bonus. Watch out. He's a thoughtful boss. Thanks, boys. Get the nurse. A generous brother. What did he give you last year? Uh, I don't remember. A shower curtain. Did you hear him? I think you dropped something here. And a true humanitarian. 
I can't get the antlers glued onto this little guy. We tried crazy glue. Have you tried staples? But his life is about to change. That was a good one. You are going to be visited by three ghosts tomorrow at noon. God, tomorrow's bad for me, Lou. As a matter of fact, the whole rest of the week is a washout. Anyone who thinks he hates Christmas is wrong. Ghosts he hates. <laughs> I love that bitch! <laughs> I'm the ghost of Christmas presents. <laughs> Bill Murray. <laughs> Karen Allen. It sounded like you'd seen a ghost. A ghost? John Forsythe. <laughs> Bobcat Goldthwait. Hey! You want to see me, or is this a shotgun in your pocket? <laughs> you know this one? Everybody knows this one. Let's go now. Now does everybody know this one? <laughs> Carol Kane. Robert Mitchum. I really care. David Johansson. Oh, I'm having the weirdest day. This holiday season, see Bill Murray get Scrooged. Hey. Back off, big man. I may work with the chicks, but not with me. And now, back to Fat Albert. She's smoking a joint in the tub, gets called out to their tree, where they op- can open one gift on Christmas Eve. And uh, she opens hers, and it's knives. It's Ginsu! With them. Which, yeah, that wasn't a thing until the 70s. As a child, as someone born in 1975, I call bullshit Son on that. Of a bitch, just throwing that out there because, like, it's IMDb. Because he even makes the joke about the 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 their knives that can cut through tin cans like they can through tomatoes. I remember seeing those commercials when I was a kid, and that was like a not a 1960s product, unless they updated those commercials and refilmed them for like 1982. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I'm like, just everything was weird back then. Yeah. Um. She got him the Kama Sutra, the least sexy sex book ever made. I've never seen the Kama Sutra, but if it's anything like this version of it, it's just a bunch of pictures of a bunch of like sculptures from a bunch of Thai Thai temples of people yep, fucking. in weird poses that nobody should ever get in. And he just goes through the whole book. It is. It is. This is one of the. The Kama Sutra was a book that it was whispered in the eighties by teenagers and preteens who were like, "Oh, the Kama Sutra." I hear it's got people fucking in it. That's all it was. Oh, that is like, I guess. I guess it is Indian because the authors of the book is like, Anyway, shut up, Bill. Don't be racist. That was culturally sensitive to a T. <laughs> so, ah, anyhow. Thank God only three may, people listen to our podcast. He makes her bark like a dog. And then they go to 1971 where Frank is a dog named uh, Fr- Frisbee in a big mascot costume on a show. This During goes on break, for a while. Yep. During the ad break, the dead man, his boss from earlier, warns him, or uh, not warns, uh, invites Frank and Claire to dinner, but she shows up after he leaves and says they can't, they're going over to their friend's place, they've been planning it for months, and he's a, just a big old butthole about it. And, oh, hey, the, and, uh, oh. uh, uh, f- mm. uh, Frisbee's, oh, Dick and Lauren, that's a, that's uh that's uh on the tree on the uh the, the first be the dog set there's a tree that says Dick Lauren carved into it and that's uh, Dick Donner and uh who was his wife? 
Lauren um, something something. I know she was yes, famous Lauren too. Something. Um, but the uh, frisbees, the mailman in the in the frisbee sketch is played by he's the doctor from RoboCop that Arnold Schwarzenegger shoots in the head and just throwing that out there because I love that guy. He was also tying this back to the of the party. He I can't remember which dad he played, but he was one of the he was one of the Bill and Ted's parents in Bill and Ted's Bogus mm. Journey because he's one he's the fat guy. Uh, of the two dads who are like mellow guitar dudes doo, 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 doo. Uh, shut up bill oh, I'm gonna let you oh talk. Yeah, yeah 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 okay anyway yeah, that's okay. neither here nor there yeah, I, I remember what you're talking about but anyway the whole point of the scene is like Anyhow. You know, fucking bill murray chooses the fucking dinner over fucking hanging out with claire on christmas yep. eve and the the, the the um the goat's like you chose claire over frisbee oh, you chose frisbee the dog over claire and then he leaves the ghost does in a nice transition of him appearing on the TV monitor that Frisbee's being filmed on. That is, yeah. And that his is. cab drives away, and then it changes, and then the run-through of Scrooge. The other transitions in the movie aren't quite as good. I feel like they gave up a little bit. Like, they, they really thought out that first one after that. They were just like, eh, hey, whatever, that part of the movie's over. Um, and also, I have to admit, the, the Frisbee, the dog shit, is not, not even as good as the Uncle Stanley's clubhouse. No, no, it's not even Uncle... St it was Stanley Spadowski's clubhouse. Uncle Nutsy's funhouse. That was the shitty version. That's still more entertaining than this frisbee the dog bullshit um one, oh yeah <laughs> one last note i it just occurred to me now that uh fucking uh buster poindexter he's wearing a cab uh taxi cab driver hat but it's yellow mm -hmm. i wonder if that's supposed to be because it goes to christmas past the flame cap i wonder if that's supposed to be a little bit of an illusion mm, who to that. knows just maybe anyway but i mean still it's yellow also it's his face in hd was a bad time <laughs> and, he, and his monster mouth <laughs> teeth and everything oh my oh, god how is that how is that guy not dead real, yet i don't know if there was real bursted blood vessels in his cheek or if i was makeup yeah because no he just showed up on set like that they didn't have to put any costume or makeup <laughs> on him that's just what that guy was anyway yeah, yeah. so in the run through, the actress talking to Scrooge says, Goodbye, Ebenezer. May you be happy with the path you've chosen. And Frank turns around and yells at her, Well, I am happy with the path I've chosen, you little bitch. Oh, yeah. That's... And Raven and decides to go check out things at the Operation Reach Out. Uh, is this still is supposed to be the same Christmas night? The sense uh, of time starts no, to break down in this part of so the movie, too. It, this takes place, the, the 23rd is when his dead ghost the boss shows up and then this is all on the 24th oh, okay this so this is like the oh yeah you go outside oh yeah and then it's it's fucking elliot is now uh bobcat goldthwaite is now he has just done the the, the blood drive thing and now he's gotten some more yeah. money from more booze okay yep and he passes out a pile of garbage and then frank gets to the shelter and then raven making the worker inside say oh we've got another wild and woolly wood and throws a uh, blanket on him and then uh herman tom and eva are there homeless peoples and they say hello to him and i know bill didn't recognize any of these fools Shut up, i hate your face well the one the <laughs> one guy just died like last week the the, yeah. the guy who looks like flat top from dick tracy uh yeah, there's another guy who no one cares about because he does it's say, true and then <laughs> going back to the goonies you've got ann ramsey who plays the lady well i guess she died just a couple months after the scene was filmed oh so say, uh... she already had the cancer came back and ate her mm. ate, ate her all up yeah, she was a national treasure, even though I've only seen like two of her movies. I mean, she, didn't, she was only, yeah, she didn't do that much, but yeah. Did anybody do 
fucking cantankerous better than her? She should have been the worst, the beef lady. I was for is she is is she the only reason to watch Throw Mama from the Train? Uh, yes, she's yes, a, she is. It's one of those things where she was so crazy and cantankerous. Like it was like she was grown in a in a lab to be that character actor. You can't imagine like. Oh my god, yeah, Anne Ramsey was special. I'm, I'm, I'm sad she, she, she died so relatively young, but yeah. But yeah, no, the other guy, yeah, the, the, the other white hair guy, yeah, I guess he just died, like literally died last week, and he was a character actor that was in a million things, which is funny, because he already looks old in this movie, but... Anyway, but yeah. that's the same guy who ends up dead later on in the movie, we'll get back to that. Oh, there's is this the scene, or is this a little bit later that the whole Richard Burton thing happens? That's this thing. Oh, okay. They call him Dick, and they think he's Richard Burton's and whatever. Which happens for seemingly no reason other than the fact that Bill Murray had done, like, a Richard Burton gag on Saturday Night Live, so they decided to make this a whole big callback to that for no reason. I mean, he does do a yeah. good Richard Burton. I talk like this, I talk like Richard Burton. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> so they ask him to... Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, if you don't know who Richard Burton is, that's a good three minutes of the movie that you're going to be sitting there going like, did Bill Murray just have a stroke? What's happening? Because there's that's no context. That's kind of how I it. thought, because I didn't know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um, they ask him to do some lines from Hamlet, so he does. Oh, because he's Richard. I, and yeah. I guess. <laughs> they love it. And then he starts being mean to them. And Claire comes over. And he said, tells her if it happened again to come see her, she's told him that. So he's there to see her, and he's been thinking a lot about the past. Maybe some choices could be made differently. And she's like, talk about regret, because it's nice to think about regret. This is never too late. And he wants her to take her children someplace to get Chinese food, but she can't, because there's some huge problems that have popped up around the shelter. And he says fire to fire people, and he's just a huge piece of shit about it. For whole a thing. moment, he seems like he's going to be cool, and then he yeah, turns right back into a tool again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's telling you, saying fire these people, and she says they're volunteers, and he's like, well, they're volunteers because they're fucking idiots. They're they're incompetent. Nobody else will hire them, and yet somehow, even though he's being a huge dick, she's still like, just let How me make one phone call and I'll go with is you. Is her pussy still wet for this man? I don't care <laughs> what he does at the know. end of this movie. She just oh fucking god, Karen Allen, what are you doing? She's like, I'm used to being around some guy with a whip. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she held her own. She wouldn't even hook up with Indiana Jones, and he was less of an asshole than fucking Bill Murray's in this movie. Christ. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. At yeah, least Harrison Ford was hot. Harrison Ford didn't look like someone took a cheese grater to his face and was balding. <laughs> yeah. He says not to bother, and he gives her some advice. Scrape him off. If you want to save somebody, oh, save yourself. Yeah. And he, like, taps his temple. He's a real douche. And she's like, what a wonderful attitude to have a Christmas Eve. You just boom, boom. There's you gotta, a, you gotta. A text prompt shows up on the screen that specifically says Claire will remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, she calls after one last time being like, yuppie, man, just let him go. Yeah, what a let, fucking that, Don't waste your time cool. with this asshole. Yep. Outside, Herman asks for $2 to heat his place, and he says he just blew it all, but there's a sucker inside, and then he walks away. Ah, uh, because the sucker is not talking about candy. Rawr, 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 rawr. Mm-hmm. Wubble, the wubble. last dress rehearsal is happening. Buddy Hackett screws up and calls some kid uh, sea urchins, and I thought for sure, I thought for sure that if I searched sea urchins on IMDb trivia, someone would be like, he calls them sea urchin, and later he was in Little Mermaid. But oh. IMDb trivia surprised me, and no one noticed that, I guess. Oh, God, he was in Little Mermaid. I forgot about that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Mm. Clamp is running the show and 
calls dinner time, and then Frank comes in and is upset because he's the one that calls dinner. And he's like, oh, I'll call him back. But then he says uh, that they got to have a little chat. And he's like, ah, yeah, well, nah, yeah, I no can do it. I got to go have drinks with Knight of the Hunter. And he leaves. And then Frank's all alone on the set, and all the lights start to turn off. And then a clock chimes, and Carol Kane is there. Uh, running the ball breaker suite. That's a that's a great joke. Because uh, then she dances over and kicks him in the nuts. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I remember seeing like this this and the, the the two big centerpieces of the ad campaign from this movie was Bill Murray getting the shit kicked out of him uh, by her while the bubbles fly around and the, the fucking mouse gag. And I didn't realize they pretty much used all of her material in this entire movie in the commercials. And this is it. Mm. She just. Does the whole, like, I'm Carol Kane, and I'm gonna punch you in the balls. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the extent of her character. She's got, like, that's, she's got little cool little well, heart I, things on her except, face, and that's it. Yeah, so, um, uh, I do like the point where she's like, close your eyes, and he doesn't close them, and then she's like, grabs the ear and says, close them, close your eyes, and turns into I the I wish devil. there I was like more that. stuff. I This character feels like... Almost feels like they had another actress lined up, and they like she they fell through at the last second, so they had to get Carol Kane and like came up with the whole shtick for this character like on the fly because it's mm. really underbaked. Not that like Buster Poindexter's character was that thought out, but at least he had a little more of a personality. This is just Carol Kane just kind of acting like a crazy person and then punching him in the face, and that's it. Like there's no other like yeah, she's just a fairy godmother, Glinda Goodwitch of the West, just being weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She backs up, punches him to Harlan, where Grace is picking up her kids. I do like that's how sh- they transition from place to place is punches, which that's kind of funny. But yeah. <laughs> People try, the kids try to solve a puzzle, but they can't get it, and they leave Calvin alone with it, and he solves it. Frank says he's a bright little guy, and it's like, what's wrong with them? And Carol King tells him, oh, he hasn't spoken since his father was killed. Fucking total whiplash movie! Yeah, they well, don't say how he died or anything like that. He's just been murdered. Yeah. yeah. And Cross says, oh, I didn't know that Grace's husband died. And she's like, she wore black for a year. And he's like, oh, it's a fashion. I also, don't know. Also, why doesn't Bill Murray, like, uh, he hasn't talked in five years. The kid's, like, five years old. Of course he hasn't talked in five years, because when he was born, he wasn't talking already. Like, did well, he he's, talk yeah, he's he was... never. No, he's, he's never spoken, Bill. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> so, uh... They go inside where the house where the ghost says they're so happy yet so poor and flicks his ear and make and he says she's probably due for a raise a flick and probably maybe probably whatever. And then Zerberts happen all over the place and the next stops downtown. Uh, and his brother's house and they're playing games and his brother opens a gift which doesn't look like a pallets of VCR. Uh, they all toast uh, Frank, saying that he'll never stop inviting him because he's his brother. It took me longer than I care to admit to realize that this is just a parody of the the riffing off of the whole uh, Scrooge's nephew scene. It wasn't until uh-huh. they started playing a game I was like, oh, no, 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 clever. Which maybe just yep. low blood sugar. I wasn't thinking very much. Yeah, the ghost wants to leave, but he wants to answer the next question because he knows it. Oh, there's a whole fighting. there's there's a spiel too where he he gets upset because he realizes that Claire. Alfred Woodard's character had bumped up uh, his his brother's gift from being just a towel to a VCR. Yeah. So he gets upset. Yeah. 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 So um, uh, they fight a little bit. Him and the the ghost, and eventually she picks up a toaster and knocks him out with it, and he falls into a sewer. And, and the uh, most he's... inexplicable scene in the whole movie happens. Hey, you think so? So. 
hobo guy was panhandling underground? No. Beneath the grates? Because he's there, he's frozen, and he's got like a Christmas tree with him, and he's already frozen solid. Yeah. So what makes you think he's panhandling? That's his place. You think that? That's why he asked for. That's why he asked for two well, bucks. He's to like sitting up, and he's got like oh, I guess oh, he does have. He's got like. You're right, Bill. Homeless people always sit up if they're panhandling. <laughs> otherwise, they they're known to for lying down all all the time. Otherwise, <laughs> oh yeah, he's got his watch, but he does have like also uh, in his lap. He's got like. Uh, Looks like a control well, box for an electric blanket, so I guess maybe he was yeah. hoping... Oh, okay. It's still... Okay, okay, yeah. mix... Okay, it's still a little... You, you can't... You can't miss the line, where are we, Trump Tower? When you fall I do the like sewer. that, which... Especially 2019. Even in the extra. 80s, he was a piece of shit <laughs> joke. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so this is... this is It's a little weird, too, because I guess they didn't want to go the full length of uh, threatening to kill off Alfred Woodard's kids, so essentially this, this homeless guy gets sacrificed and in Tiny Tim's place, essentially. And although this is the present, yeah. not the future, but... Yeah. Yeah, so, um... Uh, Bill Murray starts Herman yelling at his is down there, he's dead. Yeah. Yep. He's, he's frozen and smiling. He's like, you're the wrong maybe. color. He's like, maybe I should have given you those two bucks. <laughs> you know. And then, uh... Yeah, no, one, no one's laughing at his watch. jokes. It's, it's a pretty grim moment. Herman's pocket watch starts playing jingle bells, and Frank calls him a moron. He should have stayed at Claire's. He should have stayed with Claire. He would have been warm. It would have been a much prettier color, that's for sure. Yeah. And you get the hint that, like, Bill Murray's talking about himself a little bit. Should have stayed with Claire. Should have stayed with Claire, yeah. 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 He then looks for a way out and finds a door, which he knows is the way out because it's the only place that doesn't smell like urine. And he bursts through it and back onto the Scrooge set where... Uh, no one realizes it's him for a little bit, and then Clamp. So that's tells the entire extent of the Ghost of Christmas Present stuff, right? Yeah, that's weird because, like I said, yeah, they really did show all of that in the trailers. Then uh, there's a great yeah. moment where, like, he bursts on the set, and it's like, I think it's like one dwarf lady with two guys are doing the dwarf on golf thing, where they're like on their knees. <laughs> nice. I know, maybe they're nice. all, maybe it's three small little people. Okay, that's what it is, okay. Maybe for, because for the force, force perspective. That's exactly, I think that's the joke. Because they're in the background. Mm. They're like far up where they're like in scale with like, yeah. <laughs> which I thought that was Just actually Just like good. Night of the Hunter when they use the pony and the little person to show I mean, that's kind distance. of what it is. I mean, they that is a known, tra I mean, they did that on Star Trek, the motion picture. and Yeah, that that's a known. Oh, man. Yeah, known trick. They did that on Alien, all kinds of movies. Yeah. Yeah, so that they... Clamp is like, you could maybe go to your office and watch this feed from there. And before he goes, Frank tells everyone, break a leg. I've got a real weird feeling about tonight. So, um, they all go to take him to the elevator where the doors open and a giant ghost of Christmas future scares Frank onto his knees. And he says, I know what you're here for. Come and get it, you pussy. It's and it whispers pussy <laughs> at it. That should have been in the trailers. Uh, it's it's kind of funny because it's it, it's it's interesting that like Frank never acknowledges the fact that he's re essentially reliving a Christmas story, but he is aware of what he knows what he thinks. Uh, <coughs> this this suggests he knows what the Ghost of Christmas future is going to look like. And it's funny yeah. too because I've seen uh, they actually use this version of Christmas uh, the Ghost of Christmas present on some of the uh, Christ Ghost of Christmas future on some of the posters too, which mm. is funny, because the whole joke here is that it's it's not, it's fake. And yeah, Frank yeah. Throws, freaks out and throws a fit in front of this guy, and the guy just kind of walks away, and he's like, what the? <laughs> yeah, I'm just watching it now, and even with the sound off, Bill Murray slowly just saying the word 
pussy is just hey, that's almost an animated gift fuck quality moment there yeah yeah so they tell him he's in the show he's the ghost of christmas future and he's like that guy's gonna be a big star and he leaves as the show gets started yeah. and, and he heads to his office drinking tab and vodka great <laughs> what mm, and it's funny too because it's like just a splash of tab on yeah <laughs> on, on, on otherwise undiluted vodka which is extra just yeah what did they stop making tab i thought that was like like even way earlier than 1988 but oh no i i you know, i was seeing it on the shelves into the 90s at least oh really jesus okay yeah it might even still be up there. i Who wouldn't knows? be uh, probably Somewhere. some parts of canada and south africa yeah so uh on the uh show on the actual like yeah the, the show the starts buddy hackett, off, yeah the buddy hackett version scrooge is visited by the ghost of christmas future and frank not watching the wall of tvs behind him doesn't notice the real ghost dries up yeah. reaches hand out for him and, nice big puppet effect grab him, yeah mm -hmm, before he could grab him bobcat bursts into the room saying honey i'm home and he shoots a shotgun in the ceiling does he say touch? Yeah. Don't touch that dial, too. Oh no, that's when he he uh, takes over the the control room in a bit. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so Cross remembers him, the guy who canned the day before Christmas. Frank asks if he gives him a running start, and he says sure. Counts to three and starts blasting at him, exploding his enemies. Enemies, Emmys. <laughs> he says Cross hasn't had a bad that bad of a day. I got fired. My wife left me, and she took a little baby daughter with her. Wow, what kind of David Elliott? Because he just got fired like like less than twenty four hours earlier, and his wife already left him. Like, what kind yeah, of yeah? She was probably he... looking for an excuse. I, I mean, if you're married to Bobcat Goldthwait, wouldn't you? Like, yeah, that's just okay. So, <laughs> yeah, for her... well, eighties Bobcat at least. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I just realized because Bobcat Goldthwait in this is in this, uh, and he was also in one crazy summer along with Bill Murray's brother, who showed up in the the, the, the party scene mm. earlier. But anyway, after that, he can't remember because he's been blind, stinking drunk. <laughs> I, you know what? You can't go wrong with a movie with Bobcat Goldthwait with a shotgun. Everything yeah. else about this movie, at least you get that. Yep. Frank runs to the elevators, but before Bobcat can shoot him, the elevator doors open and he falls inside, where he's cornered by the ghost of Christmas Future, which he thinks is still the fake one. Yeah. But then he opens its robes and sees trapped souls inside its black rib cage. All right. You know what? They spent a lot of money on this movie, but they did not spend a lot of money on that that souls effect because it's like some fucking rubber <laughs> spirit of Halloween puppets going I mean how much money are you going to spend on something that the audience is going to see for like literally five seconds I am kind of shocked that like this ghost literally is on the movie for like three shots and literally this whole future sequence is like like maybe four or five minutes at the longest like like yeah. it's I wonder if they almost cut it down because the, everything afterwards takes so long like Bill Murray's speech to the audience at the end of this movie is like 15 minutes long I almost wonder if they cut out like some some more of this future stuff just to make room for the whole denouement that takes place after I, this but um yeah i do like that it's faces a tv screen no that's cool yeah yeah no i the, the, it's, i like the design of yeah because you know they're gonna do some kind of death variants but that's it's yeah. very much a terry gilliam death variant with it like the yeah the t mm. as as goofy as the souls trapped in its chest are the, the yeah the tv thing is a really nice touch before he went crazy, do you think Terry Gilliam could have done a good Scrooge? He could have done a fantastic Scrooge. I don't know if he would have mm. been necessarily well scripted, but the visuals, I mean, that's kind of, I'm kind of shocked he never did a Scrooge because he would have been all over that shit. He could have just taken half the props and sets from uh, Baron Munchausen and, and even the actors. Fucking, what's his name? John Neville, who played Scrooge, would have made a fucking yeah. fantastic, uh, not Scrooge, he played Baron Munchausen, he would have been a fantastic Scrooge. 
Oh, man. That whole cast could have been. That's what I'm saying. They could have just... Hmm. That would have probably been as fondly remembered as anything in Baron Munchausen. Uh, uh, Robin Williams is the ghost of Christmas present. God damn. Since he's the jolly. The big jolly, like, fucking the ghost of Christmas past, he had the little girl. Because, you know, mm-hmm. I have the little androgynous redhead. Man, fucking... Mm-hmm. Well, hell, even, even, even if you didn't have Robin Williams, you still had fucking, fucking what's his name? Uh, fucking the guy who played uh, uh, Vulcan, because he's a big... Gregarious, yeah, like you had yeah, multiple yeah. like Ghost of Christmas present you could have used. Ghost of Christmas Future, uh, you already had Death. Yeah, like, what's his name? Uh, Jonathan Price could have been uh, uh, Bob Marley. Yeah, Bob Marley could have been Cratchit. Like fuck, mm-hmm. <laughs> Sting is Sting is Bob Cratchit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. God well, there's damn. another movie that we are upset and they were gonna make it cool. <laughs> God damn, and the wife, the Bill Robin Williams' wife on the moon could have played like Scrooge's ex, his old. He could have fucked Pete, or Robin could have played Fezziwig. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Give me a time machine. And, yeah. oh, fuck. Anyway, yeah. Anyhow. Anyhow. Um, the first stop is a padded room where Calvin's locked up in an insane asylum, because I guess that's you get locked up in a padded room because you never talk. All right. Uh, yeah, and even though you're like 10. That seems extreme. Yeah. That's, and, yeah. 80s okay. New York did not fuck around. <laughs> Yeah, this is I mean, this is pre Giuliani New York before he turned Times Square back into a Disney store. But yeah, so um, he's like, I know people, I I, I know doctors. We'll we'll get this fixed. We'll solve it. And then they go see Claire, who is disgusted by some street urchins. And yeah, uh, this she's all she's all fancy hoity toity now and heartless. She's all because a friend a friend told her once, scrape them off. You want to save somebody, save yourself. Yeah, this it's is kind of weird because it's not a realistic scene. It's almost like a dream sequence where it's like something out of actually going back to Terra Gilliam. Almost seems well, like something out of Brazil. That's what the future looks like. Uh, yeah, well, it's like all white and her face is all painted up so she almost looks like a skull. But like for some reason there's homeless people hanging out in the clouds in the dining room. Mm-hmm. It's a little... Yeah. yeah, it's a little weird, but yeah. Yeah. Frank says that was a lousy thing to do and they're they're dropped into an area where his brother's wife is dressed all in black, crying over a coffin, and he thinks it's his brother, but it's not. There's his brother. It's his coffin. Frank Xavier Cross. Yeah. His coffin gets rolled into some fire to burn up. He tries to stop it. Oh, man. There is one shot where it's Bill Murray inside burning. Where you see, mm-hmm. it's all one, you see that it's actually his feet, I'm sure it's, they did the thing where Bill, Bill Murray's actually only in the coffin from his chest up and the rest of him is a dummy, but like, yeah. it's not like blue screen or anything like that, he's actually inside yeah. a coffin with like, a, like dummy feet that are actually burning and the camera p- uh, pulls back to show that it's, but it's actually Bill Murray in there and he's screaming mm-hmm. and crying, that's actually pretty fucked up. Um, yeah. I kind of wonder if they only did that because the whole, I, I mean, this is obviously like a step up from, oh yeah, the, actually I'm watching it now, you can actually see the whole where Bill Bulmer's chest is uh, sticking up through the, uh, the back of the coffin, but I guess this is a step up from, like, Bill, like, Scrooge just seeing his grave to seeing, like, not just his death, or, or even seeing his cremation, but actually being forced to take part in his cremation, and I... It's not, it's the 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 emotional turn here doesn't work for me. It's a little too, like he's burning up alive and suddenly he, yeah. he's in the elevator and he's and he's. I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. Yeah, it, it it it's not like they needed to do much. Just if they had just taken an extra thirty seconds, uh, you know, to to have the turn. It's just very I've... abrupt. I feel like outside of the the most perfect Christmas Carol, the Muppet Christmas Carol, I feel like that. Oh, Scrooge always feels like that. Where that I mean, that's like, a good. Point. Oh man, yeah. I'm gonna die, and now I'm I'm jolly and happy. It's it's. I I, I mean, that's always something I've already had a problem with. It like like Scrooge doesn't doesn't really 
take the turn until he sees his own death, too, which is... Because, yeah. like, the whole point of the story is him getting invested in the rest of mankind. And, of course, like, it's the thing that strikes closest to home is his own death. But, like, yeah, that I mean, that's partially, yeah, it's something that's already baked into the actual story that this movie's riffing off. But on top of that, it's already kind of Frank's fine. And, like, even to the point when uh, he comes bursting out of the elevator and Elliot's still looking for him, and Bill Murray's fucking with Elliot, uh, Bob Hacklethwaite's character, I thought maybe he was pretending to be happy or something, but no, he's actually, he's turned into good Scrooge now, and he's... Yeah, this is the whole tenor of the rest live. of the movie. So I was, I, I was actually even just confused, but yeah, he's happy to live. And so mm -hmm. even if they had drawn out like his whole death scene a little bit more, there's something there. Like, yeah, like I said, they could have just taken an extra like minute, thirty seconds or something. They could have just built this up a little more. But anyway, but whatever. Yeah. It's Bill Murray's a nice guy, even though he's kind of like psychopathically nice now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He says, "Holy shit, what a break." He sees Bobcat, he's gonna start with him. He'll hire him back at twice his salary, put him in charge of programming, and give him a big office. Want my office? No. And they didn't miss it. The show's still going on. The bells are chiming. The Scrooge program's still going. This goes... He says... This whole denouement is like 20 minutes long. I, I, I thought I was yeah, joking about yeah. his like speech to everyone at the end being 15 minutes long, mm -hmm. but I'm not... That, that's actually not much of an exaggeration. Yeah. He says they're gonna have some fun and head down to the studio... Scrooge is like, Bobby, Bobby, tosses a kid a coin, and somehow, even though they're filming live, they film it falling down in slow motion, but okay. <laughs> I didn't think about um, that, yeah. Cool, because, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, he storms into the control room, uh, he does, he, tr he delivers the trailer. Don't like, touch that dog! Yeah, and, uh, buh, 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 and yeah. Mm-hmm, Scrooge catches the, not Scrooge, Frank catches the coin <laughs> Close enough, yeah. out of the air. We probably made that mistake and, half a dozen times on this episode. And it's time for the boring, sentimental part of the movie. Which... Yeah, it kind of sucks that this seems a little more forced. Something about this doesn't quite work. I appreciate what they're going for, but something... You know what? I, well, you, you keep on talking. I, I think I, I think I actually kind of cracked part of the problem what's wrong with this, but go ahead. Okay. So Cross starts asking everybody, why are you sitting in front of TV on Christmas Eve? Well, everything's closed, first of all. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a good point, Night of the Hunter, who had been watching the special yell from his house, they're paying your salary, you ass. Frank says, what kind of a jerk would put on a live performance on Christmas Eve? And the cameraman says, oh, you're Frank. He says, last week he would have kicked his butt out of the building, but now he's a changed man. He shows a brother of him in his photo, all warm heart goo-goos. Night of the Hunter colors the booth where Bobcat talks to him and says, Clamp is the idiot to put Frank on the air, but he can't talk. He's a little side up at the moment. Because yeah, he's really tied up. <laughs> One of the he oldest. That joke was old when I was 10. Oh my yeah, god. And he also says, He says you're a flash learning butthead. Which makes him so. The uh, Night of the Hunter so mad he kicks a cat. Oh, um, I didn't even notice so, that. I must have been taking yeah. notes. Okay. So uh, Frank starts talking about how you can party, party, people call, you can call people you haven't seen in a while, make out with this dancer standing under mistletoe. The sensor also makes out with Clamp, because he's by mistletoe, a plant that only exists in movies yeah. and TV shows. I, you know what, I think in my, like, now I'm thinking about it, I don't think I've ever actually seen mistletoe in real life that was actually, like, real mistletoe hung, hung up in a situation that it would, yeah. If you went over to somebody's house and they had mistletoe hanging up, you gotta leave that house. Bad things are gonna. Nine happen. times out of ten, anyone hanging out that mistletoe is gonna be a creeper who you don't. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's it's. Or like that imaginary product that's in TVs and movies, the hat with mistletoe hanging above it. Yeah, which that's that's the what that's what all the solid gold dancers are wearing, and that's what uh, Bill Murray actually steals off of one yeah. and wears for the end of the movie. But yeah, mm. um, he's very he's so. Um, 
he says he wishes he was with Claire. Blah, blah, blah. She's watching from the homeless shelter where everybody's watching this. And then she calls a taxi and is like, can you get me there in three minutes? And it's the ghost. And he says, which floor? I do like that's a, that's a great gag. Yeah. She's still ran, he's still ran about how cool Christmas is. It's not very funny. And then um, make someone a sandwich. Give them an old blanket. Be nice to people. And then maybe it can happen to you. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he gets emotional and all teary-eyed. He says he's ready for that feeling, that miracle. Blah, blah, blah. Then Calvin comes up and stands next to him. He's like, I forget something, big man. And he says, can I break it, everyone? Because you got it, I guess. And then Claire's there. That's cute. If Frank you're gonna do it. the Bob, if you're gonna do the fucking God blesses everyone, that's that's actually pretty. That that, well, that worked on. That's maybe the one time in my entire life where Tiny Tim saying that line has actually made me go, okay, that's cute. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty but much the best thing ever. Because because yeah. having a, a cripple. No, I don't like to use the word. Cripple. Yeah, you know uh, what? Yeah, a, a handicapped kid on on Scrooge's shoulder is saying God blesses everyone before Scrooge spikes him into the ground. It's not very <laughs> like hard. Football. <laughs> Kid bounces like he's made a nerf. Oh well, god! Anyway, yeah. then um, uh, Bill Murray just like Claire, has then like, Claire. Yeah, Claire is there. Frig puts on a Scrooge hat. Everybody sings, "Put a little love in your heart," including all the ghosts and Herman, who's a ghost now and is there. Yay! He died something. so Bill Murray could be a happy man. I guess. <laughs> Thank God. Everyone keeps singing, and then somebody said. Hey, Bill, you gotta vamp for a while. And he said, okay, I'm gonna improv. Watch how good I do. Oops, oh no. <laughs> oh no, I got ten minutes of the credits to kill. Oh, what do I do? I just, uh, we'll do it like a kind of a sing-along thing, I guess. I don't know. Let's just, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm checked out. My name's also, Bill Murray. I overestimated also, how hard this movie was gonna be. Also, the Torture Souls and uh, the Ghost of Christmas Future have, have, like, Christmas decorations on them now. It's festive. Yeah. They're still so dead, then, and, 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 and then his brother gets the last line of the movie and says, My brother, they came Christmas. And I know I had it on a mushy note with love and... But it's, it's, it is total whiplash. It is. And maybe maybe there's an edit where he comes out of the, the um, elevator and says, I'm alive! And Bobcat says, Nothing wrong! And actually shoots him in the face. <laughs> that would have been... That, <laughs> wow, that would have been amazing. <laughs> no, this movie, that movie would have never been released, but like that, <laughs> that, that should at least exist as an alternate cut. I'm sure Bobcat Goldthwait would be having to come back and refilm that one shot just so they could uh, facilitate a, an edit of that version of the movie. Oh my yeah. god! So that's Scrooge. It's good. So yeah, what had you seen it in a while since? Uh... It had been a while oh, okay. since I watched it last. How did you? Did you? Because I have not seen this movie on cable very often or anything. I don't know if you'd seen it. Like I don't know if it was just on, like on VHS. No, we didn't or... have cable. Okay. We didn't. Have did you cable. have like a they, tape? They played of... it for some probably some NBC night movie. Oh, okay. Blah blah blah. Yeah, because you said you'd tape it off TV, but yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. Yeah. I think I probably would have seen it if it had been uh, played on TV more often. But like this is one of those things. Like yeah, I remember when it came out when I was a kid. But like, despite like when I when last week when I was telling people on Twitter that I had never seen it before, people were like, "Oh my god, how have you never seen it?" This movie doesn't get a lot of play on the holidays on cable television or anything like that. It's well, kind because of it's not. Aside from that last little smooshy smooshy part, it's not a feel good happy movie. Yeah, no, it's and everybody thinks that all holiday movies should be happy feel good. Yeah, and that's why there's that's why there's so many people that enjoy Hallmark movies. Yeah, I mean, I do appreciate. Like, it. I, 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 yeah, I knew people that would like 
marathon Hallmark movies God. during Christmas time. Yeah, the most maudlin fucking bullshit imaginable. I do appreciate this is a grumpy Christmas Carol movie. Yeah. It's as grumpy as Scrooge's, which I appreciate. I just that. wish they had and hadn't kind of kept the ending at least a little grumpy in some form. Yeah, that's the thing. I, the, my last note about the movie is that it's. <laughs> I always think a Scrooge is a great story up until that last morning <laughs> when he turns into a good person, and then what? The, yeah, well, you have to do a lot of the legwork to. Be, and that, like Michael Caine, it's so much of it hinges on the performance of whoever's playing Scrooge. Too. Yeah, it has to be a good script. That has to be an emotionally satisfying turn at the end, and also whoever's playing Scrooge has to really have the chops to pull it off. And I do think Bill Murray was kind of checked out. Checked, like, the, I don't think the script was helping him in this. And then also I think he was kind of checked out. And I don't think he, mm-hmm. he, he actually sold that turn himself. Um, but yeah. yeah, the movie is totally schizophrenic. And I do think it is too mean-spirited. Um, you could have even kept the most mean-spirited jokes one. in it. But like, it's there's some kind of dour tone to the rest of the movie that is not like mm. fun to watch. And I think part of it may be because Bill Murray had such a miserable time on this movie that, like, it kind of comes through his performance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's, at least, my, yeah, my notes is just that it was too mean-spirited, loud, and maudlin for its own good. And this is a funny thing. I don't know how I fell into this, but recently I've been watching a whole bunch of old uh, Siskel and Ebert episodes on YouTube. Uh, just mm-hmm. watching the reviews of old beloved movies from the 80s, and they're just such fucking dipshit assholes that it's almost like hate-watching, because, like, they'll be talking about, like, Ferris Bueller's Day Off or like, God knows any other movie I love, and they're both like, we think this movie's dumb and full of poop, and anyone who likes this movie is full of poop, too, and no one's ever gonna remember this movie, and I'm like, no, that movie's like a beloved classic, you guys are full of shit. But I did see, uh... Roger Ebert talking about this movie. I watched the episode. As soon as I was done with this, I watched the Roger Ebert review of this. And Roger Ebert did say that one of the few things I've ever agreed with him in his life was that Scrooge, uh, it feels like the movie's having a nervous breakdown more than a satisfying emotional climax at the end. Because uh, mm. that's, yeah, that's what Bill Murray's performance at the end feels more like. It feel, yeah, feels more like a nervous breakdown than an epiphany. And, yeah, and for once, I actually agree with Roger Ebert on that. And also, this is my own note, it's weird that the ending is about Karen Allen abandoning the people in her homeless shelter to be in a TV studio with Bill Murray, rather than the other way around, all while the ghost of a homeless man from that shelter watches on and smiles. If anything, you think it would have been about Bill Murray going back to the homeless shelter, especially after seeing dead the dead guy and everything like that. And the end of the movie, I, I get why... They made the movie ending the way it is, especially because I'm sure most of the cast and crew in the in the Scrooge thing, they're essentially they're playing themselves. I'm sure that's mostly most of the the, the movie crew could show up and Bill Murray could like riff off of everything and hang out with the crew and stuff like that. So it's a big Christmas moment for the people who worked on the movie. But that is sacrificing. If he had gone back to the the, the homeless shelter where Claire's at, if he had gone out out of his way to be with Claire and sacrificed being there, like, supervising the the Scrooge stuff, I think that would have been much more satisfying. And, I mean, that's, and again, that's something else I think, I keep on harping about how I think Groundhog's Day learned a lot from this movie. Like, the fact that Bill Murray is willing to sacrifice 
uh, him his own welfare for the benefit of both the town and the what's-her-face in that movie, I kind of wonder if Bill Murray took some of the lessons from Scrooged and kind mm-hmm. of built that into... Because I know he had some say in the, in, in the, into the writing and everything of, of Groundhog Day. I think that's why Groundhog Day works and this doesn't. I For multiple reasons, but I think the ending... And I think the people who made this movie, I think they realized the ending wasn't working. I think that's why they bent over backwards so hard with, like, the maudlin ending and everyone saying let a little, little love into your heart and stuff like that, because I think they're overcompensating for the fact the ending really doesn't work that well. It's not terrible. It's not the end of the world. But it is a little yeah. bit of a sour note on a movie that's already kind of sour to begin with. And like I said, in between that and the Scrooge turn at the end already feeling a little artificial, it just doesn't click the way that it should. And it's not the end of the world, mm-hmm. is it? but that's just... For me, having this watching this movie for, for the first time, that's just my first impression about, like, why maybe more people don't come uh, storming down the doors to watch this movie all the time. Aside from the fact that, yeah, even it, it, is, a, it is a grumpy... <laughs> Christmas movie, which is we need more of, even though it's flawed. I'm appreciating that yeah. exists. So yeah, it's uh, it made me laugh again a couple times. Yeah, when I watched it this time. Yeah. But yeah, any movie um, that where, where where Bill Murray, where you have to have your main character explain the moral of the movie to your audience for ten minutes at the end is a little <laughs> nice try. But yeah, it's a little goony. But I'm glad you like this movie. I'm glad you finally got around yeah. to watching this shit, and I'm glad it held yeah. up for you too. Yeah, it's it's that uh, it and um, Muppet Christmas Carol are probably the best. It's nuts adaptations. I'd I'd say I can't believe we did do a Muppet Christmas Carol for the podcast, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, because I know I'd seen it not too long before we did the episode, but I couldn't remember. Okay, I just wanted to double check because that is funny. Because that is that may still be the best adaptation of a Christmas Carol that I've seen yet. I don't know if anything's gonna top it in my lifetime, which is kind of crazy to say. Not that there's shouldn't be that surprising because it's not like the Muppet people don't know what they're doing. But mm-hmm. yeah, you tell like I know you tell people that the Muppet Christmas Carol is the best version of that, and a lot of people go, "What?" I remember. I'm like, "No, yeah, no, it's it's one of the most faithful and has one of the best Scrooges and even the songs and the production value and everything like that is pretty good stuff. And like I said, it's worth it just even for the Fozzie Wig, Fezzy Wig, joke. Which is <laughs> yeah, they just locked into that. Uh, the one bit of trivia I did glean. <laughs> Because I stayed, I tried to stay away from my IMDb trivia page. I gleaned this from the the movie's Wikipedia page. David Johansson, mm-hmm. who is the he's Buster Poindexter, uh, his bandmate from the New York Dolls named Arthur Kane was sent into a jealous rage after seeing Johansson's performance in Scrooged. Kane reacted by beating his wife and attempting suicide by jumping out a third story window. Way to get the mm-hmm. message of the film absolutely backwards, Kane. <laughs> <laughs> what an asshole! I guess the right. guy was already kind of manic depressive, and then when he saw that Buster Poindexter got this starring role in a Bill Murray movie, he just lost his shit. And yeah, he didn't kill himself. He just like broke his legs because it's just a third story window. So unless he landed on his neck, of course he's not gonna die. So he's stupid on top of being an idiot. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> that's and that's like the one bit of trivia well, on the Wikipedia page for this movie. And I'm like, oh my god, that's terrible. So even in weird, well, Bill- yeah. I only have three pieces of uh, oh no, <laughs> God! You, you tend it's... you tend to find the most delightful floating turds on top of the used <laughs> filled toilet of IMDb trivia. Oh uh-huh. no! What did you do, Ray? Well, um, I think you'll like these references. Uh, <laughs> no, shut up! Even the references are so stupid. <laughs> then you know, there's other human beings oh, in this movie Bill. that reference the fact that other humans and beings exist in other parts of the world. Bill, uh. did you know? 
that the golf ball in Frank's mouth oh. is an homage to Bill Murray's character in Caddyshack from 1980. Did you... Can, can you believe that? That's the only movie that, that invented golf and is the only time did golf you... balls have been used. Did, did you know the fact that there's a taxi cab is because there's cars is a reference to the fact there's a car in Ghostbusters. Just wait a second. Oh, God, that's the kind of... I didn't realize you could draw a lot of Ghostbusters parallels, but... Oh, no. So, uh... Did you know when Frank crashes onto the stage after seeing Frozen Herman, uh, director Bryce calls him Joker in reference to Bill Murray's tryout for the villain what? and the then unreleased Batman from 1989. What? Herman died with a smile on his face, what? as do some of the Joker's victims. What? What? <laughs> what? 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 That that person bent over backwards so that much that when their own head went up Batman their ass. Batman fan. That's the kind of person who, Oof. whenever he walks in a room, wow. he's like, "How can I turn this conversation towards 1989 Batman?" And this last one, but Bill, Bill I cannot actually try it because I know people had suggested Bill Murray goes? to play the Joker. I, I don't think he I ever auditioned. Maybe, maybe Phil put these on here. I don't know. <laughs> We gotta stop announcing what our next movies are gonna be. <laughs> Phil can't go to IMDb trivia and start playing. Oh no! It might be. You know, these are that'd so be a bad. great meta game to play with your pie with a, with a favorite podcast, knowing that they're gonna look up the trivia page for that movie a week in advance. But the, at the same time, oh. IMDb trivia is so bad that Phil could put shit up and, and they, they would, would get left. Yeah, it would stay there for a decade until IMDb like gets the, shut down. This last one that I can't believe you didn't notice, oh, Bill. No. During the movie, there are several references to other films, but the most obvious is maybe this is Phil. <laughs> but the most <laughs> obvious is to Back to the Future oh. when Frank and the Ghost of Christmas Past use a car. Oh, it's well, a I did make that joke to travel go back, back through time to 1955. No, that's just that's, no, that's a reference to Back to the Future. That's just because that's how old Bill Murray is, <laughs> like, like he's. No. No, it's it's a reference to Back to the Future. I mean, Richard Donner. I, I don't think Richard Donner's Richard Donner's old enough that he can give a shit about a Back to the Future. He's not like it's not like he's some millennial. He's not like somebody my age who, if I had made Scrooge, I would have made that a conscious decision. But like, that's the one thing I've learned in my life is, no, no, I hate you. I <laughs> you hurt my brain. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. IMDb trivia it is like a fucking breeding ground of the most decrepit fucking minded motherfuckers on the internet like the most not even the meanest because you could say the worst people on the internet are of course all the racists and weirdos but like the sad sack like crazy people like the 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 IMDb trivia page is like the homeless bus shelter of the internet <laughs> where it's yeah it's not necessarily violent but just sad and smells like piss and you can't wait to get out of there <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, it's it's Herman the hobo all over again. But like, yeah, he dies with a smile yeah. on his face. That movie didn't even come yeah, out when like they were the Joker filming. Victims. They, they probably even started filming the Batman movie when they filmed Scrooge. Like guys, like I said, maybe it is Phil. <laughs> maybe he's that's like, like even as a Batman because he, he tried he tried he tried to do that with Gremlins too, but he made them too not believable. <laughs> god, yeah. Cause like, Where, like, one of them was, like, a hundred-foot gizmo was used as a prop. Because they were probably filming... Yeah, this was probably filmed before Batman was. Yeah. Oh, my God. I hate everything. Yeah. I... Oh, good. No, I don't. Keep I love hate alive in your heart, I, You're turning me back into so, a Scrooge. No. So. Uh, did they make... So were there any time. reference to the fact that they just call it Scrooge and the... I don't think they ever say the words of Christmas Carol, do they? 
Uh, they the only time that's said is in the credits. Oh okay, yeah. Oh, because they say just like an adaptation of the timeless classics. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. Because anyway, but yeah, yeah. What are? Oh my. Oh my God. Do we? Should we? So, fill proof this and not like tell anyone who's who's what our next project gonna be. <laughs> nah. Okay. What are we doing? It's fun trying to figure out what's all, what's real. What <laughs> trying to pick out the turns. The case. Yeah. He, he's probably gonna tweet at you and be like, "That wasn't." Me. I love the idea <laughs> that like even if it's not Phil, we just assume it's always gonna. It's always going to turn to the thanks, Phil Corner. Thank you, Phil yeah. Theobald. Yeah. Oh, so, God. Yeah. Um, so, Bill has a knife in my back currently. Oh, no, really? And, and, oh, and, yeah. yeah. And you're, yeah. you're going to stick it between my ribs in two weeks. Oh, um, no. But I have a sword, and I'm going to stab myself <laughs> in the chest and, and, and make sure it goes all the way through to stab you, too. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think that's the classic samurai move of, of friends. So next week we're gonna do the Ron Howard classic. Oh shut the fuck up, man! <laughs> oh, I this could only be one thing. Ron Howard mm. didn't do. Oh no, mm? I've seen. Uh -huh. Say it, just say it. Yeah, I uh, can't. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's gonna be Splash or Willow, I can't imagine what else. <laughs> Those Christmas. Classics. I know exactly. I can only think of one Ron Howard Christmas movie. I yes, this is because it's the Grinch that stole Christmas, Bill. <laughs> Did I choose if, Jim if... Carrey Christmas Carol? Or was that you? That was me. Oh yeah, so you're just doing a Jim Carrey Christmas of both front, both barrels. Oh so, no. Uh... Yeah, you make me suffer with your last pick, so I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna is, make us both suffer with like, my next We're just pick. trying to kill each other with this Christmas, aren't we? We're just both yeah. mutual, mutually assured to Christmas destruction. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. At least it's guaranteed neither of us will love it. Jesus Christ. Because I, I, I've had... I, I was planning that one for a while, but... um. <laughs> you know what I, You know what the terrible thing is? I was mm. I've been reading a couple things about that the Ron Howard uh, Grinch thing is that people are, even the people who hate it are like you know as bad as bad as this is it's still not as bad as the Mike Myers uh, Cat in the Hat movie and yeah. I'm like oh my god that's that bad oh jeez why when I'd have to do that Mike Myers Cat in the Hat movie for awful April sometime Ugh, just to, if we run out of other exactly stuff. that'll be the series finale of Tardy the Party oh my god <laughs> so. But no, I had I've, I had some other Christmassy stuff that I've like I've never seen because why the fuck would I? But um, that's two Jim Carrey like Christmas one of the things... classics in a row that no one cares about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I've been like for this whole time we've been doing this thing. I'm like eh, maybe the Peanuts holiday <laughs> yeah. special because I've never seen that. And then uh, that got put on the TV uh, last night or the Friday night, yeah. and that thing sucks ass. It's also super short. Yeah, Even trying to pack it full of commercials, it's, it's about thirty it's, minutes long. Yeah, it's it's whatever the ideas they had, just throw it on paper. Uh, I mean, it really is just uh, there's a Christmas tree, and then Linus talks about Jesus, and the Christmas tree gets it's, fixed. And it's nostalgia. The movie. It doesn't even have. Well, not even movie. The special. Even the Great Pumpkin, Charlie <laughs> Brown has the. I mean, that's. I'm. You're coming. This is coming from someone who actually loves the peanut specials. But even yeah. the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown has the interstitials with Snoopy, uh, fighting mm -hmm. the 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 World War One uh, flying ace as to flesh out the thing. Really, all you have in the in the peanut special is like the Christmas dancing. And yeah, there's that's the pageant is them the, just flopping the, around on stage. And then you got Linus and Schroeder, dun, 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 the plink 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 plink, and that's kind of the and whole thing. Yeah, that's 
Well, you're forgetting how it starts off with a super depressed, like, five-year-old being like, My life is awful. Nickels, nickels, nickels. Christmas is terrible. <laughs> Boo. You know how Sally's like, fantastic geez. line rating of, I just want my fair share. Um, which is one of the greatest <laughs> line readings in any animated thing in the history. But, yeah, there's not much of the Christmas special. Yeah, I watched it. No. I, maybe I didn't watch it. It was on... Uh, did you watch it, like, on Freeform or something like, like that? Because it had its... Yeah, it was on streaming, so we watched yeah, it. Yeah, uh, it, it was on, like, earlier last week, and I watched it, and I was surprised that, like, they made an hour out of Even... it by mashing it with another Christmas special from, like, 1975, yeah. and that special like, was, like, only, like, 15 minutes long, I mean... so... It's nice to hear you say that, because even Kelsey, who also grew up on it, was watching, and she goes, this didn't age well. <laughs> I mean, it is over 50. Is it almost, like, 60 years old? Because yeah. the Peanut Special, that's, like, from, like, 1960. Yeah, it's, it's... Yeah, yeah I was expecting at least a plot. <laughs> yeah, no, there's not much. I, well, that, that's what people hail it so much for, because it's, like, like the only... It's really pretty much just building up the line is talking about... The, the the manger and everything like that and that's like that even that's only like a five minute long scene and so yeah. but I still like it yeah so we're not so we'll never do that did one. you see do you remember I think we just did it I laughed my ass off um mm. this past Halloween where I had seen the uh, I it's the first time I had seen it forever was the uh, Treehouse of Horror four where uh it's the Dra Bram Stoker's Dracula one where all the family gets turned into vampires at the end. And they're all about to yeah. kill Bart, and suddenly they start singing the song from the, at the end of the yeah, <laughs> the except they actually like on tune and not a, not a mess like it is in the yeah. Charlie Brown and special. And so like I I had not seen that in forever until just this past Halloween, and then when that same thing happened in the, at the end of the Charlie Brown Christmas special, I started laughing my ass off for all the wrong reasons because it just reminded me of that Simpsons special. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, it's next time it's going to be oh utter, utter sadness. Oh my god! <laughs> that is the nuclear I mean, option! You, it, it's kind of something you could say for awful April, but what are you going to do a Christmas Yeah, seriously, exactly. And if we ever wanted to go full nuclear for that, yeah, we have the cat in the hat, so... I mean, I could have done Eight Crazy Nights instead, but nobody was... That's, I, I think yeah, we're going to have to reach Grinch some kind of accordance for next, for next December <laughs> about, like, either... We either just skip the Christmas shit, or we just go... Fucking, yeah, it'll be eight crazy nights. <laughs> it'll be fucking Christmas pornography. It'll be, mm -hmm. we'll do some, I don't know, but yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. The, I don't, yeah, that, yeah, I'll be curious huh? to see if that's mm -hmm. even seeding anywhere on the Pirate Bay. <laughs> the, the Grinch. It's got to be for that shit. I think it's on Disney Plus, actually. Would that be on Disney? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Oh, my God. Okay. I, think I saw it while I was flipping through stuff. Anyway. Time to time cancel Disney sadness. Plus. This time. <laughs> This time it was Scrooge. It's still alright. Yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, enough right. I could see right. why it's not like a classic classic, but I can see why people love it. I'm glad to finally finally seen it. And now I can actually throw it on. As a, that's going in my regular Christmas rotation. Okay. <sighs> I, I yep. can't go so wrong with Karen Allen. Come on. Yeah. He's modern on Twitter. I'm the Grubb on Twitter. Type podcast. Type podcast.com. All that gobbledy mm -hmm. crap and stuff and stuff. Yeah, we got nothing else. So until next time, keep filling your holes with pop culture and keep a little love in your heart. I guess that's not even a good song. That's the other thing too. They could have chosen. That's best. true. Is that the same song? What's the song from Ghostbusters? And too? somehow everybody knew the lyrics. Yeah, too. that's know. true. Almost like they were coached for this cheesy ending for this movie that didn't quite work. But what are you gonna do? Oh God, do I have I to? Know. I need to drop. No, you don't need to put that in. I, I need to find a better song. I'll find something. So, yeah, maybe I'll put a Wizard song in her or something at the end of this. 
Yeah, bust, more Buster Poindexter than anybody <laughs> wants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we should go. Okay. Yeah, all right. So long, everybody. Take care, guys.